just a pipe with a muffler hanging out of his ass for some reason. Like, it's... And welcome to Dice Like Ice, episode 33. I'm your host, Tony Acton. And with me, as always, the Adam Savage to my Jamie Heineman, Andrew Mitchell. Ah, uh, Mythbusters. That's that's actually on HBO Max right now. Or sorry, just Max. Yeah, it's just Max. I've been watching it all morning. I was like, hey, there's a duo I haven't used. Yeah. And I could still do the Tori Belechi and uh, Grant Amahara later. R.I.P. King. Yeah, that was unexpected. That was. It was very sad. Did they actually, like, because they got to a point where it's like, hey, can we just, like, blow stuff up in every episode? Which, you know, it's fun. But, like, by season eight or whatever, were they just completely out of myths? Because I, no, uh, I, I kind of stopped I watching. I popped on season, season 11 was the one I was watching. Uh, I watched the uh, Can You Cook Over Burning Sea 4, the getting a, uh, a backhoe into a truck on its own. They did the flying guillotine hat in an episode. Uh, oh, the uh, the walking in a straight line blindfolded. Apparently you can't walk, swim, or drive in a straight line when you're blindfolded because your brain gets all fucky. I mean, that sounds pretty accurate, yeah. Yeah, right? So, but no, there's still a bunch of myths. There's like, there's fucking shitload of seasons. Yeah, that seemed like it'd be a good background show for hobby stuff. Oh, yeah. Look up every sure. time there's an explosion. Yeah. Oh, man. Well, you know what would make explosions better, Tony? I was really wondering what you are going to use as the segue for this one, but I believe I do, Andrew. Uh, and that's a whip-ass subwoofer and surround sound. Yes, exactly. And also... <laughs> you know what would sound great with a whip-ass subwoofer and surround sound? <laughs> Today's sponsors, Crip. <laughs> Crip. Wow. What a, well, that was the best segue we've ever had. <laughs> Fucking send that one. Uh all right listeners you might as well stop now because it's all downhill from here no it's not you have to stay tuned we have something good coming up after all the hobby progress and news and stuff that's actually true we've got a we've got a pretty cool thing in store today uh, so andrew what you drinking uh well today we have uh harpoon brewings duncan pumpkin which is a duncan coffee inspired pumpkin ale uh Inspired by our favorite fall latte, this ale is full of seasoned flavors, pumpkin spice and coffee. It just tastes like a pumpkin ale. I'm incredibly disappointed by it. Oh, what? Kind of disappointing. Yeah, there's a there's like the barest hint of like pumpkin spice on the aftertaste, but it's it mostly just tastes like pumpkin ale, which is fine. Pumpkin ale's okay. Uh, 5.2% though, so you know, nothing too wacky. Oh, so not not big at all. It's not water at least, but it's a uh, it, it could be stronger. Uh, how about you? What are you having? Is it something fall-themed? Well, uh, no. <laughs> no, it's not. How not fall-themed? It's, uh, uh, it's one that I've gotten that's been growing on me recently, and that is Terrapin's Depth Perception. Ah. You, did you have that one with us when we had it at the diner a yeah, few weeks ago? It's like a, well, not okay. a few weeks ago, but I've had it before. That's like a okay. 9.5 or something. It's it's only nine point one. It's a little light. Oh yeah, a little light. <laughs> it is like bitter, but good bitter. 
Yeah, it's not the kind of bitter that feels like you're drinking paint thinner or something like a lot of IPAs yeah. do. It's it's not hopsecutioner bitter. This has like flavor bitter. Yeah, no, that's a that's an IPA I can actually drink. I, it's still never going to be my first choice, but if you're like, here's three IPAs and this is one of them, I'll probably pick that yeah. one. Uh, on the subject of hopsecutioner, is Imperial hopsecutioner the same as normal hopsecutioner by Terrapin? I have no idea. I assume it's probably stronger. Well, because I didn't see normal hopsecutioner. I just saw Imperial, but I was like, I'm going to get depth perception. <laughs> well, there you go. Yeah. Hyper regional beer mm-hmm. talk complete. <laughs> Fair. Oh, man. So, Andrew, it's been a little bit since we recorded an actual episode episode. We did our spooptacular, but no uh, hobby progress in that bad boy. So what you been working on in these past four or so weeks? Yeah, you wish it was just four weeks. Um, <laughs> so to, to put in perspective, uh, typically I have my notes on my phone and usually it's about, you know, one third to a half a page. It's a full page this time. So, uh, yeah, we'll we'll be going off from there. So uh, I'll start off by saying I did my thing that I normally do like once a year and got bored of one of my armies and sold it. So I no longer have an orc army. So uh, I had some spare hobby cash floating around and it was a sizable enough orc army that I paid off my trip to Nova and then had a good chunk to spend left over. So that's uh, that's why this is a really nice fat hobby progress list because there's a pretty good bit of purchasing. But Okay, because mine is a tiny little hobby progress list. Also, a pretty good bit of painting. I did a pretty pretty solid chunk of painting in this one. So, starting off, we have pre-ordered, assembled, and painted Trug the Trogoth King. And, uh, fuck, that is a great model. I loved, That's a good model. loved painting that thing the entire way through. Because sometimes you'll get, like, a big model like that, and you'll be like, oh, this guy's got some bullshit fur here, or some, you know, dumbass little details over here. It was just a treat the entire way through. Loved painting that model. Um, I, it, he's got, I really kind of want to get the, uh, the artist opus, um, or no, what is it? Ah, shit. The guys who do dirty down, um, but they have the one that's, uh, whenever you paint it on, it's moss. Have you seen that stuff? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. That's like the only thing left I kind of want to do is get some of that just to put on the, the ruins on his back. Cause he's kind of got like, you know, ruins overgrown with vines and stuff, but I think it needs a little, a little hint of moss here and there to really bring it home. But, uh, I've never tried that stuff before, so I don't know how well it would work, but, uh, yeah, this was, um, this was an interesting one for me because I was like, Oh, I'll go kind of fairy tale looking with them and be a little more whimsical. And almost his entire color palette is pinks and purples, two colors. I can't see because I am red, green, colorblind. <laughs> so yeah, it's almost like you kept sending me pictures being like, is this too bright? Is this too dark? Yeah, no, not just you. I, I said it to lots of people who are <laughs> like, is this, is this lighting better? Is this one better? And it uh, apparently looks good, but whatever the case, I'm pretty yeah, happy with solid. it. Um, yeah, and the little, I love just the little trog on top of his antler. That's just the fun little detail to, to really bring the whole thing together. Uh, did a custom base for him, too. I broke off some uh, pieces left over from a dank old trog's back plate where there's like stalactites and stuff hanging off of it. Um, I took the uh, dead uh, Slave to Darkness Chaos Warrior that comes with the Bellacore kit, and I put that there to look like Trug had just smashed him and probably eaten pieces of him because he's missing an arm and a leg, and there's a bunch of blood everywhere. So, you know, just a fun, thematic, awesome hero piece for my trolls. And now I have an actual proper leader for my Trog herd because I cannot use the River Troll Hag anymore, which is a damn shame. But she was always 100 points overpriced at least. So, um on that Wait, is she is she legends or something yeah all of all of the forge oh, world shit all of the forge world get stuff is no longer viable apparently so 
I did not know that. Yeah. That's a shame. I I love love that model. It's so good. I think that's the only thing I would ask for at this point with my trolls is maybe either a more dedicated range troll, like just a rock thrower. That's what they do. They're not as good in close quarters as the rock guts, but they throw better than the rock guts. And then a dedicated spell slinger who doesn't even necessarily have to be like a good one. Just one that has like one spell to beef up the trolls and then can cast, you know, mystic shield, arcane bolt and all that. Um, don't really know what they would do with that, but I would be thrilled to see that. But anyway, uh, continuing down the, the, trog uh train sure we'll go with that continuing the trog train uh i also built and converted these six rock gut trogs that came with uh trugs uh trog herd box and had a lot of fun doing that because i have enough rock guts at this point that i have used every option in the kit i have used all of the hand options all of the head options i have nothing else i can do to make them look special so i uh dug into my decade old bits box uh which is multiple bits boxes hanging overflowing off of a fucking shelf at this point i honestly should probably get different boxes to do it better but anyway i have a shitload of uh pieces is what i'm saying um and so i dug into like fantasy stuff orc stuff i put i caught a couple of little 40k bits here and there but nothing too overtly sci-fi shitload of skulls everywhere and just made fun wacky bespoke uh rock cut trogs for my trog hurt now and they are all now built uh they're converted i got a guy who i milliputted a mushroom hat on top of that i'm very happy with i love it i fucking love that so much fun i have one guy who's just got a bunch of spearheads that he's just wrapped around a stick that's his beaten stick one guy who's got a skull on his club one other guy who's got a different skull on his tinier club uh one guy who has a shield for a hat it's just it's a fun time they're gonna be a lot of fun to paint up um, and I think I'm probably going to paint them a different color just because they're, they're Trug's Trog herd. They came from a different place than my other Trogs, so I'm, I'm not sure what color I'm going to paint them yet, but I'll, I'll figure something fun. Uh, do, 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 do. Continuing down the really long list, I pre-ordered, built, and have mostly painted the Blood Bowl Vampire team, including the Vargeist uh, and Baron Luther von Drakenberg, as well as Ivan the Animal, uh, who is the skeleton guy, and then uh, Captain Riez, who... Um, unfortunately forge world left a fucking piece out of that kit so she is missing half her hat for me so she did not get painted that's rough did you did you reach out to him yet yes i sent him an email but i sent it like middle of friday so it's the weekend Mm, now they're not going to get back to me till tomorrow so that's fine i got a lot of backlog to work on so it'll be fine but the uh the base their customer support's usually really good though that's what i hear yeah um so hopefully they'll get back to me pretty quickly and just send me another one because apparently that's what they do it's uh cheaper and easier to send a whole new kit than it is to send a piece so Mm -hmm. i will have um a leftover captain von ria's body just hanging out for conversion purposes later for a necromunda weirdo yeah or uh i don't know i could convert another thrower or something for my vampires i don't know um but anyway so the actual like base team i've got pretty much fully painted i just have uh hair and like blood effects and stuff to do on them and they're pretty much done uh vargeist is also pretty close to done but all the star players i've uh pretty much just primed at this point so they'll they'll be next in the train of things for me to do uh back to 40k i painted up another squad of eight accursed cultists another squad of 10 normal cultists almost finished another squad of possessed and another squad of obliterators they just need um gore effects and i need to paint the caution stripes on them and then they're done uh do 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 i painted up the metal goblin shaman lunatic and squig herder that i picked up from nova so it was 
always fun to go back and paint just some chunky, goofy old metal models that are almost as old as I am. Um, I think that shaman's from like 95 or something. So these are these are definitely some of the older ones. Uh, <laughs> fucking the, the lunatic with his little metal ball is about three times as heavy as one of the plastic ones. It's just a solid <laughs> chunk of metal. And uh, he's just balancing on one foot. And I fully expect that metal to start bending. But we'll, we'll see if that happens at some point. Um, I also bought, built, and primed the Rabble Rouser. He finally got a solo release, so I picked him up, and, uh, he's gonna be really fun to have. Um, and his old shtick is that he has bats that he can throw at people as a shooting attack to cause mortal wounds, and then he can, uh, agitate one of the monsters in your army so that they can run and charge in the same turn, but then they take mortal wounds afterwards if, uh, they don't have something to charge at, um, after their initial charge, something like that. It's got weird wording on it, but, uh, he can, he can make big stuff like, uh, to be a lot more scary because he can get halfway across the board in the first round so i will be excited to paint him up as well uh and then last i bought built and primed the tyranid norn emissary as well as death leaper um which i'm, I'm kind of slow growing this tyranid army i'm just buying models i think are cool i'm not building for actual army composition at all because by the time i get to them it's probably going to vastly change from the stuff that I purchase anyway, so we'll worry about that once we worry about that. Uh, Norn Emissaries, really fucking cool. I really like this big brain Godzilla motherfucker. That is, uh, he's probably going to be the next thing I paint after I'm done with all my Vampire Blood Bowl stuff, just because I'm so excited for that many. It is really cool. It's, it's real fucking cool looking. And uh, Death Leaper's really cool. I was going to see about snipping off the like webbing on his back tails that gave him a butt cape. But uh, just how the process of putting him together is, I would have had to essentially make the little tails uh, more milliput than tail by the time I'd cut off all the webbing. So I just said, "Fuck it." He can keep mm. his he can keep his dumb butt cape. It's fine. It's it's his signature thing, I guess. I'll deal with it. Um, I already said last but not least, but that was incorrect. There was one more thing because I didn't scroll down <laughs> far enough. Uh, the last thing I did actually get was I purchased my our buddy Matt's uh, old metal high elves for Blood Bowl. He had um, had them on his backlog for a long time, beautifully primed, but never had time to put any paint on them. And uh, he's been looking to get rid of some backlog. So I picked up some fun, chunky old 90s high elves. So uh, definitely breaking away from my, my Blood Bowl tradition of uh, green skins and the undead. So I'm, I'm excited to paint yeah, them. Right? I'm thinking white, red, and gold for them would be a fun color. But uh, White, red, and gold. Yeah, like maybe mostly white armor and then like red shoulder pads and then like all of the uh, the the wings and stuff they have on their helmets could be gold, um, trim gold, stuff like that. So I don't know. I'll, I'll have plenty of time to mull it over because I got a bit of a backlog at this point. Yeah, you do. So, uh, yeah, that's been my um, roughly two months worth of hobby progress. So, it's not been two months. We last recorded on the 16th of September. It's It feels like two it's months. It's been a month. It's been a long road. Getting from what there a while. to here. That's for my Enterprise fans out there. All right, Tony, how about your hobby progress? Mm -hmm. What did you get done in the three months since we last recorded? Uh, in the 17 and a half years since we last recorded, I actually haven't done a whole, whole lot uh, because life has been insane with work. Uh, been making much more Sandos than you have models, huh? Yeah, no, for sure. Uh, we've just, we've been wild. It's catering season. So, you know, what I have done is a lot of battle tech. So I like the battle tech stuff because it's really 
easier to paint and I don't have to put nearly as much effort and time into finishing a Battletech model as a Warhammer model. That's uh, uh, you know, what I've pretty consistently heard is like if you put 70 to 80% of your effort into like a Warhammer model, it's about 20% to go into a Battletech model. Oh yeah. I mean, it's, they're, they're perfect for that kind of thing. If you were to spend as much time on a Battletech miniature as you did on a war, on a single model for model on a single model of Warhammer, model. it would look, yeah, it would look wildly good. There's some people that do that though, but I'm not one of those people. I guess if you're dedicated so, to just like one lance of like, you know, four guys and you just really love that, those four models. Yeah, I guess so. But I've painted up 17 mechs in my Lancer scheme. Then I built up uh, four of the helicopters and three of the Shrek PPC carriers that I'm just going to kind of paint in a generic scheme so I can use with whatever. And I painted up 14 other mechs in my Clan Ghost Bear scheme. So uh, a total of like 31 mechs, give or take, over the past couple of weeks. And I got it in finally. I got my four-pack of urban mechs that I'm going to paint in four different schemes so we can do Solaris battles with four different urbans. You definitely are painting one to be Irby the Love Mech, right? Uh, I'll probably do Irby the Love Mech, uh, Herb 2 D2. I might paint one off of Carl Urban's character in... The Chronicles of Riddick, the Necromonger. <laughs> Why that movie I specifically? Gotta, I don't know, because that's the only thing that he's got like a generic color scheme as himself in. I guess I could do Aomer. I was going to say you could do Judge Dredd. Oh, oh my God. That's the four I need to do. I need to do, let's see, his four four best roles would probably be Aomer, uh, Riddick, Dredd. What would be another one? Uh, Whatever his face is the from boys. The Boys, which I've not watched. Yeah. Diabolical. Um, I've watched it, but I don't remember his name. Butcher. Is it Billy Butcher? Don't ask me. I haven't seen it. <laughs> Fuck. That sounds right. I, or is I... that the guy from the fucking Pirates show? What? Black Sails. <laughs> oh, okay. Black Sails. I thought you were thinking, I thought you were thinking Bill the Butcher from Gangs of New York. No. How do you like Billy my Butcher button? might be... <laughs> oh, Jesus Christ. Yeah, okay, so that's what I'll have to do. I'll have to do a Lance of uh, Carl Urban mechs. That would be pretty great. Uh, all right, it's fucking sold. It, it's done. The, uh, they, the AC twenty one has to be dread though, because it is the law. <laughs> Hot shot. <laughs> oh man, Jesus God, is, Christ! If y'all haven't seen Dread, watch it. That is a fantastic. I movie. have not. This is the fucking third. Oh time fuck! I keep forgetting days. you I haven't know, seen it. I know. I know. All right, I've Tony. seen the fucking original. That was good enough for me. Yeah. By the end of the year, you need to watch Dread. It's awesome. Fair enough. Uh. I also got a map pack for Battletech from like 2002 or 2003. That's a bunch of Solaris maps, which what Solaris is, is it's arena style. So it's got a map of the arena for each of the seven houses on Solaris, which is like the gambling planet. It's the planet of Las Vegas, just fucking UFC fights between mechs. And they are wild old school maps, and I'm so excited to play on them. Then I got in, uh, our boy Ken sent me a set of the Hearthkin, the kill team to build up. Because uh, I'm going to convert them. or whatever they're called. Yeah, Hearthkin Salvagers. I'm converting them as Skaven, and I got the first three of those done. 
just kind of kit bashing with Skaven bits here and there, and then I'm going to go a little more ham adding accessories onto them. But boy, Skaven heads fit perfectly on those, and awesome. they look fun. Yeah, I was I was real excited about that. So, are you doing like storm bourbon heads or just like basic rat heads? Uh, so, the leader guy has one of the big storm vermin heads on him. Uh, one of the other kind of veteran dudes has the storm vermin head that's not wearing a helmet but is missing the eye and has the metal eye patch. Nice. And then I'm doing the dude who has all the different like rad grenades and shit. I've got one of the scryer heads from the warp lightning cannon that's got like a wild scaven gas mask and like big bug eye goggles and shit on it. Hell yeah. Man, that would be... I know you've already got too much on your back blog, but like making an actual Leagues of Votan army that's full Skaven conversion would be hilarious. Oh no, I'm aware. I'm aware. God, that would be fun. I keep toying with the idea of that, but I just I don't like how the Votan play that much. I mean, they play kind of like my guard, except slower and not as good. Yeah, and not as good. But yeah, no, it could be a fun project though for like boarding actions or something. Yeah, well, yeah, that's oh yeah, that's true. I, can, then I might do that. It's a reasonable size army, you know, 20, 30 models at most, and then you you cut fucking scaven bits for days, so it's not like you have to buy anything yeah. else. Uh, so speaking of my guard army, I ordered the Warhammer Plus Kazarkin miniature because you remember I was missing the miniature for my squad. Mm-hmm. Guess what I found yesterday in my car up under the seat? Uh, I'm gonna guess probably. A spare Rogaldorn. Uh, no, no, no. That was purchased separately the day oh. before. Yeah. No, I found the fucking Kazarkin I've been missing for, like, ever. So he was just under the seat? He was under the seat, and I looked under there so many times. Uh, I had dropped my pen down, and I went to grab it, and we were at the RTT yesterday. I was like, oh, son of a bitch, there's a Kazarkin down here. <laughs> <laughs> we so, play so much Warhammer, you just find a model here and there. Yeah, right. Uh, but as Andrew alluded to, I got a second Rogel Dorn tank because, goddamn, those things kick so much ass. Can't wait. I can't wait to build it. Um, and then <laughs> we were talking about earlier, they, the uh, rumors for the Christmas boxes released hours, literal hours after I got this fucking Dorn. And the guard Christmas box rumor is a two Rogel Dorn box, which would give me four. So I'll have a cool conversion on one. That one could also be part of your Skaven conversion for Votan, obviously. Yeah, I can't use that in boarding action. I mean, not with that attitude. Yeah, right. Uh, then I picked up the Blood Bowl Vampire dice in case I decide to do a Blood Bowl Vampire team. I'll have the dice for them because those are limited production runs. I got my year two Warhammer miniature, the um, the sorcerer and his little buddy. So I haven't built that. It's still just kind of tossed onto a shelf because I forgot about it. Great models. And then, yeah. And then the only other real like model hobby progress is I picked up the Aliens board game, Another Glorious Day in the Core, and its expansion, Get Away From Her, You Bitch. <laughs> So I'm going to count that as hobby progress because I do have to build all of those models before we try and play it. I love the idea of them just releasing expansion sets that are just lines from the movies. <laughs> they yeah. mostly come out at night, mostly. <laughs> yeah, the other expansion I got was called uh, More Badasses. And there's one more expansion. You ever been mistaken it's for the... a man? <laughs> <laughs> it's the dropship expansion. I want to call it 5x5, five five, but it's not called that. It's it's funny 
just on the alien subject, like how much of the StarCraft Space Marines were stolen from aliens. I never realized how much of that was just quoting straight from that movie oh, yeah. until I saw that movie. Sorry, I'm looking up what the other expansion is called because it's going to bug the shit out of me. You're good. Ah, uh, yes, we're in the pipe five by five. It's the other side of the fucking rest of the StarCraft quote. Wonderful. Yeah, so uh, it got a really, really high review on Board Game Geek, and one of the shops out here was doing a buy two, get one sale on board games. I was like, uh, yeah, let's do it. Yeah, I'm happy to give it a try at some point. Sounds like it could be fun. Yeah. Oh, and I also bought one more mech for Battletech, the Fireball, which is a 20-ton mech. There's a version of it that I want to run. It is a 20-ton mech with two ER small lasers, a mask supercharger, uh, a mask and a supercharger. And Andrew, you know how fast this little fucker can move? Uh, like grease lightning. Yeah, seriously, forty hexes. Which to convert that out, that is his top speed is like two hundred and eighty miles an hour. <laughs> well, I did just look it up, and one of the first pictures is him running. So I guess that is his. Shit. Yeah. Yeah, he's basically a fucking F1 car on legs. What are the pieces of art? He does have, like, a jet tail on the end of his head, too. <laughs> what? He's just got, like, tail fins on the back of his head. I've not seen that piece of art. Now I'm going to have to pull it up. Well, I'll just send it to you via Discord. Just image search it. Oh, so he does. Yeah. yeah. I'm, I'm just yeah, that's, imagining um, him going... Meow. Yeah, that's the... The... The what X XF version or whatever, the experimental version that goes really fast. Uh, you can see in his left shoulder there, those are the two ER small lasers. Those two little pinholes. Oh, good. So what is his, what is his uh, strategy? Does he just run into them and do like a flying tackle? Uh, yeah. So he's really, really good at slamming into mechs and trying to knock them over. Okay, good. I like, I like the idea of being like, you're in the baby mech. That just is a wrecking ball. Go. Yeah. Uh, but so I didn't know that it was any good. I mean, I still don't know if it's actually good. I was just scrolling through Ironwind Metal site and I had a coupon from Nova Forum. I was like, oh, that's a cool looking little fucking mech. Uh, so I ordered him and the Camara mech, which, Andrew, I want you to just Google this oh, okay. so I can get a, a live reaction. Okay, two seconds. Specifically, the Ironwind Metals Camara. Ironwind? Iron Wind Metals Camara. Come on, Iron Wind Load. What the fuck is that? <laughs> Does he have a big, like, knife arm? What the hell? No, no, it's just a model. And here's the shit part. That model is from 2012. Wow. That looks like something from the 80s. It does. I saw it and I was like, oh man, it was like $8. I'm like, I'll fucking throw $8 for the stupidest mech I have ever fucking seen. I mean, I guess emulating an 80s model is what they're going for. Oh wait, no, there's a different Chimera. This one just looks like a bunch of trash cans stapled together. Yeah, no, no, that's the one. That, it's got like the uh, the big circle thing on the top. Oh, okay. I was and looking then... at the, the Chimera CMA2KBT316. Ah, uh, no, this is the... No, no, uh, I kind of actually like that one. It's it's better. This is the Chimera CMA-1S. Yes, that's that. that It kind of looks like Ed 209's special cousin. Yeah. Like, this is this is the uh, Ed 207 or something. 
at two of two. Yeah. Yeah, no, the uh, the CMA 2K is not, not bad. But yes, it does have a knife on its arm. Yeah, this is um real fucking derpy. It's I, I'm guessing the, the big trash can is like a missile launcher or something, but... Uh, uh, I think the Camara has an MRM on it, so yeah. Yeah, so it, it does look um, real fucking stupid, though. <laughs> yep, I love it. All right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so uh, that's all my hobby progress. So, uh, Andrew, you got any games in? Not as many as you, but I got a couple. So uh, I had a new guy who showed up to our gaming group. Um, he's local to the area. Tony's played him before. I think we actually had one of your games against him on a podcast like 15 episodes ago or something. Uh, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The name of Cam. Uh, very fun dude. He was very cool. Uh, he ended up bringing his Chaos Demons, and we slammed hams against my Chaos Space Marines. And this was a super fun game. We did 1K just because I hadn't played for a bit and I wanted to do a relatively fast game. wanted to get home by midnight, you know, weekday and all that. Um, But uh, it ended up being crazy close. So I was uh, doing my favorite thing recently with Chaos Space Marines and bringing a big brick of Possessed. I brought a Master of Possession, the one I bought from Nova. Uh, I brought Blob of Chosen. I brought some uh, Terminators, you know, just fun stuff like that. He brought a Bloodthirster, a bunch of Blood Crushers, a bunch of Blood Letters, and Bellicor. So that was one of those lists where I'm like, ooh, this is, uh, is going to go one of two ways real fucking fast. And uh, thankfully, uh, whenever he finally charged with his Bloodthirster into my Chosen, one of them survived. So it was just enough to keep him from like swinging immediately and charging into another guy and killing more squads. And that one chosen ended up taking off something like 10 of his 14 wounds with his power fist. It was a, an awesome hit from him. He, he somehow came very close to soloing a bloodthirster. Uh, he did end up getting mulched eventually, but it was very funny. But that did give enough time for my pet, uh, my, my possessed and my master of possession to charge into Bellicor and just turn him into a fine mist. Uh, Bellicor is shockingly not that tough whenever you get into him with a halfway decent melee unit, I found out. Uh, I fully expected him to just completely wipe me with some like crazy Bellicori special first demon prince powers. Nah, he's he just kind of makes the whole uh, uh, chaos warp presence or whatever the chaos demons do a bit better. So uh, he he got pasted very very early on, and then the blood crushers charged into the possessed and pretty much killed them. And then the bloodthirster charged in and finished them off. And my terminators were going in the backboard shooting stuff and taking some objectives. I had a squad of havocs that were hanging out just raining hellfire down. Eventually killed the bloodthirster. Uh, ended up having one last round where I got two of because uh, we drew whatever the uh, the battle thing is where you draw two of the secondaries every turn instead of one. Yeah, 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 so yeah, yeah. Uh, I was able to, to snag a few objectives and I, I came so close, Tony. We ended up finishing the game 77 to 78 with me losing. Oh, <laughs> that's <laughs> a good game. Oh, it was a great game. It was fantastic. Super fun. Gladly play cam again. It was a fantastic time. Uh, I've never had a game that close in Warhammer ever before. So that was, uh, that was real fucking fun. Uh, and then just earlier this week, I had a relearning game of Kill Team versus Matt um, with uh, Phil kind of tapping in to be our coach because he'd played uh, Kill Team at Nova. So he's the, the guy in the group who most recently had the Kill Team rules in his brain. Um, it was a learning game. I was playing with my Felgor Ravagers. I had no idea how they played other than be aggressive. Uh, I had forgotten like what everything is in Kill Team. So I'm like, yeah, I'll put concealed tokens on these guys so you can't shoot at them. It's like, no, they still need to be in cover for me to not shoot at them I'm like oh 
so they can't shoot you with their crappy pistols because they're concealed, but you can shoot them. Yeah. Okay, cool. Great. Cool. So <laughs> I ended up just getting the ever-loving shit shot out of me. Uh, but I kind of know how they play now, so next time I feel like playing, uh, I'll be a little more knowledgeable with them. Uh, the couple of guys I did actually get in to, like, do the thing they're supposed to do did very well. I, I threw my, my Grenadier's special grenade, who makes it where he, uh, whoever is within uh i think it was triangle <laughs> of the grenade blast um they they lose one of their actions so that's really important in kill team i charged in the guy who has the really big hammer who he just does monstrous damage if he gets in a melee and he can attack people who are also within triangle of him so if you have a bunch of guys clustered up you can just swing into it and take out like three guys in one hit if he's lucky so uh they are definitely melee murder machines especially with their frenzy special rule where if you kill them uh, they just come back for another activation. They're not quite dead yet. You have to shoot them again and get a critical. It's the only way to put them down before their next activation. Uh, they can't do objectives or anything like that. They're just they just go into a kill frenzy essentially, which is uh, real fucking scary if you got a guy in melee who you you quote kill and then don't actually kill. So uh, I could see how they would be very powerful, but uh, I was uh, I, I was uh, just fucking kissing dirt the whole time. I, I got the ever-loving shit shot out of me. But uh, yeah, it, it was a relearning game, so you know, I'm not mad about it or anything. Um, and that's it. I really didn't have too much uh, too much games this time. I had a few cancellations. I was gonna play some some AOS, but uh, unfortunately, life lifes, so can't can't get all the games in that I wanted to, which uh, doesn't seem like a problem for you, Tony. Let's uh, I'm gonna hang back for the next thirty minutes while you discuss all your recent games played. Yeah, so I'm not going to go hyper into detail into most of them, but I had um, a stack. So I was playing in the Dragonstar 40k league at our local area out here. I think last episode I actually talked about two of the games, one against Jack, one against Phil. Yeah. Okay, I did. All right, cool. So I think I've only got eight games of 40k. (laughs) Jesus Christ. Yeah, well, and a lot of Battletech. So after that, the last two games that I had of 40K for that league, because it was only a six-week league, I played against uh, a local guy, James, and his knight army. And it was my tanks, of course. On turn one, I killed one big knight, two of his three armagers, almost killed his second big knight, and ignored the lancer. Uh, his turn one, the Lancer charged into a Lehman Russ and somehow failed to kill it. Huh. And he didn't hurt anything else. And then he conceded because I was going to table him at the top of turn two. Jesus. So that was about a 28-minute game. Uh, so him and I went over to Red Bull, grabbed some lunch, hung out for a little bit, came back over because my game two was against our buddy Justin and his orcs. Uh, it was a... Not a horde orc list, but it had some mech guns, some mega knobs, uh, gas gulls, some storm boys, and a big old block of bikers. Uh, I ended up winning that one, I think, on... Let's see. What what turn did I win that one? Uh, It looked like we called that one on turn three. The bottom of turn three. So when we mapped that out, it was a 92.59 win to me. Damn. Uh, so we finished up that, and then me, him, and Trent went over to Locos and grabbed some beers. We called it speed running my Saturday because I played two games of Warhammer, had lunch, and was sitting there watching football drinking beer in the same amount of time it took Tim and Phil to do one game behind us. <laughs> so, Jesus. <laughs> so I got there. I got there at 
10.30, I think it was. And then by 2.30, I had done all that was sitting there drinking beer, watching football. Wow. I mean, you know, yeah. sometimes that is the problem with Warhammer is it goes way too fucking yeah. long. So you just you just fucking flip the script on that one. <laughs> yeah, the uh, it is a real win fast, lose fast sort of list that I've got. Then I played another game of 40k against uh, our buddy David Fennell, old Haunted Bagel himself. He wanted to throw his Votan down against me. And, Andrew, how many twos did I roll that game? I'm pretty sure it was all of them. Uh, More than 10, less than 200. Yeah, it was... I no, just there kept was fucking rolling twos. That it, game. Was it was stupid. Significant enough that all of us were like, "All right, here comes the twos," and you would roll like two threes and five twos, and it's just like, "Okay, more twos, great." Roll some armor saves. Twos. Roll how many shots you get. Two. It's, it was ridiculous. It was it was wild. Uh, but his Votan list was one of the land fortresses. No, two of the land fortresses. Right, I think two land fortresses. Um, a Sagittar, yeah, two land fortresses. Um, a Sagittar three squads of the bikes um gandalf and then just some other dudes chilling around yeah uh turn one both of us just damaged a bunch of stuff we didn't remove a single model turn one uh it was fun i do want to point out and give him a little bit of grief that he pointed at my scout sitting i'm like i'm gonna kill that and then he failed to kill it because i rolled box cars on my save for it uh so yeah, Sorry, David. Uh, I gotta, I gotta poke you with that one. I don't know if that would have changed the game, but it might have improved morale at the very least. Yeah, uh, but then on turn two, uh, I think I drew bring it down at the start of turn two and took out both his Hecatons, his Sagittarius, and a chunk of bikes. And at that point, and then his Terminators as well, uh, also just ate a fucking full salvo from the Dorn right to the face. So that you know, it neutered his anti tank capability. So we we called it at the bottom of two because he wasn't able to hurt anything. Then I played a game against Wren's Orcs because I was prepping for the RT that we did yesterday. And that was a, that was a good, solid game. Uh, it was fairly close. They kept track of the score. Did they not send it to me? I don't think they sent it to me. Sons of bitches. <laughs> Technical difficulties. They did not. They didn't send it to me. Huh? Well, I... Uh, but yeah, it was, it was still a decently close game. They conceded on the midpoint of four uh, they stuffed me in my deployment zone i i played the entire game on my back foot in my deployment zone it was just so many orcs it was a squig hog list so it was one of the kill rigs just a fuckload of squig hog riders and boys just just charging up the gut right out of the middle uh two of the the squigasaur on dinosaur sora squig guys squig boss on squigasaur yeah, that's what I said. Yeah. Uh, the named one and then another one with uh, Head Whopper's Kill Chopper. Hey, you got it. Do you remember I the named it. one's Holy name? shit. Um, Orzag? Mozbag? Mothbag? Marzag? Marzipan? Marzipan? I don't know. It's something like that. Yeah. Marzipan Scragbag. Like motherfucker. <laughs> yeah. Yes, Marzipan Scragbag. Uh, but yeah, so they ran into a tank, killed it, charged into the Dorn, didn't kill the Dorn, and true to form... Uh, the Dorn picked him up, because that's what that fucking tank does. Then uh, we went to an RTT yesterday. So me, Dr. Chris, Tao, Tim, and Justin, from an earlier game, hopped into the Jeep and drove out to Oxford, Alabama, which is kind of near Talladega, mm -hmm. to play in a three-round RTT. So we day-tripped out there. 
ran into our buddy Spencer, who used to live out here. The guy who had the uh, blue icy custodes. Did you ever meet him? I don't think I had. Okay. So Justin peer pressured him into coming down because he lives in Birmingham now. Yeah, so we got to play that, and hang out with him. No, looking at the map, man. that kind of looks like the distance from Atlanta to Athens, essentially. So. Yeah, it was about an hour for him. Yeah. So my first game was against a guy named Joey, who's part of the big club out there. Uh, their club is called Save on Six. Uh, great guy. It was a weird pseudo mirror match, except it was Iron Hand Space Marines. His list was three repulsor repulsor executioners, a ballistus dreadnought, an Iron Hand, a uh, 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 ballistus dreadnought, a Redemptor dreadnought, a Brutalis dreadnought, uh, Gilliman, two Tech Marines, an Apothecary Biologist, and six aggressors was his 2,000-point list against my normal tank list. Uh, first turn, I was able to pick up one of his Repexes and hurt one of the others and kill a Dreadnought. His first turn, he picked up two Russes, I think. Uh, and it just it was just, we were exchanging Haymakers. Oh, also on first turn, I fired one Manticore missile and killed three, or four of the six aggressors then fired the other manticore missile and finished off the other two not that they really would have done much against me but it was just surprising because you know it was gravis armor in cover so that one that was a fairly close game until uh it swung my way at the bottom of three because i drove the just one of my lehman russes up and fired all of my main guns at one of the dreadnoughts, I think it was. And then he had a Repex that was like just at 18 inches from me. I was like, ah, I'll go ahead and fire my two multi-melters into it, try and do some chip damage off of it. Hit with all four, wounded with all four. He failed all four of the, the saves he had on it, and I dealt 23 damage on 4d6. Fucking hell. I just melted, <laughs> yeah, I just melted the motherfucker. Wow. We were both like, oh, that was unexpected. So ended up winning that game 95 to 77. So going into to round two, one and oh, I was like, all right, looking good for the guard. Maybe I can pull out another respectable showing on it. Uh, our buddy Spencer had been, him and I had been trying to get a game forever before he moved. Never worked out. Uh, and he kept giving me shit there, talking about, let's get a game in. He's like, even though you're going to table me because it's all flat damage three. I was like, yeah, we fucking drew each other in round two. So I got to play against Spencer's Custodes in Alabama. And this was one of the missions where you're trying to like burn the objectives. You can take it and then burn it. Yeah. And he has no anti-tank in his army. None except for close combat. So, like, it was one of those he's going to be fighting from the back foot games. He got first turn, um, had one squad out of cover that I could see, which I killed, like, three guys on and then killed two Terminators with some incidental fucking fire from Manticores and Mortars and stuff. Uh, turn two, he drops in some guys. This motherfucker gets six 10-inch charges off. Wow stuffs me once again in my deployment zone just starts ripping through tanks left and right uh hits the dorn with like three fucking squads gets it down to three wounds 
My turn, the Tech Priest heals it for three, gets it back up to six. Dorn full payloads into everything in front of it, kills a bunch of them. Next close combat phase, he does three damage to it, gets it back down to three. <laughs> I heal it back to six, do the same thing again. That happened three turns in a row. He dealt three damage to the Dorn. I would get it back up to six and kill everything that was in front of it. But the play of the game in that one was the fucking Lehman Rush Vanquisher. He charged it with, I think it was six, or five Custodian Guard and a character, I think it was. Uh, got the Vanquisher down to four wounds. The Vanquisher then fired two Multi-Meltas, a Laz Cannon, a Vanquisher Battle Cannon into that squad, hitting on fives, killed three Custodes with the Multi-Meltas, one with the Laz Cannon, and one with the Vanquisher Battle Cannon to kill the squad. Damn. It was just like, all right, well, there's the fucking flip back from those 10-inch charges. But since he was able to stuff me in my deployment zone, he was able to get on and burn some of the center objectives. Uh, I pulled the Campbell special. I tabled him at the bottom of turn four and lost 76 to 59. Oh, unfortunate. Yeah, yeah ah, whatever. So, you know, it was kind of cool, though, because that meant that I didn't have to play on a sweaty table in round three. Hey. So... You remember RRT that we had, the last guy I played, Ryan? Fun guy, but he whipped my ass. Mm-hmm. So I drew Ryan in round three. Oh, God. <laughs> he was playing orcs. He wasn't playing Dark Angels. Oh, well, good for him. Uh, he, he was actually playing Dark Angels because they were a meta choice. He's like, I'm an orc player. I have more fun with orcs. This is what I want to play. Dude, this game, like the last game that we played, it wasn't a fun game just because I was so worn down on round three and I was just out of it. This game, I had a fucking blast the wild shit that went on uh at one point the dorn was next to a lehman russ a tech priest and a sentinel and got charged by a squad of squig hog riders uh there's a squad of beast snaga boys and a squad of normal boys and all of them were in a scrum on the right flank the i killed a handful of things in overwatch i think i killed two of the squig hog riders in overwatch from the dorn so they killed the dorn which explodes deals six wounds to the Russ, kills the fucking sent or the, the tech priest outright. The six is enough to kill the the Russ that's next to it. Kills like one one and a half more squig hog boys, kills a bunch of boys, kills some beast snaggas. The explosion from the Dorn kills the Russ. The Russ also explodes, killing more boys, more squig hog riders, more beast snagger boys, and the Sentinel. And if the Sentinel would have exploded, it would have finished off a bunch of stuff. Unfortunately, the Sentinel didn't also explode. How dare it. I know, right? Uh, then he had um, uh, Marzipan Scars Bag as well, who I was like, well, that's the only thing the Vanquisher can see, so I guess I'll whip around at it just because, you know, you're not expecting to hurt it with it. I hit him with that and did, like, seven of its eight wounds and i was like oh fuck so i just put another lehman russ into it and killed it on turn one which was a big swing point he had a lot of the stuff to kind of like deny activation so it was a bunch of stuff in trucks so i was talking with tim before the game i was like so my plan here is to use a sentinel to pop one truck because if i can use a sentinel to pop one truck when the guys get out i can fire russ's battle cannon at that then it's anti-tank stuff at another truck and just chain it down Right? That makes sense, doesn't it? Sounds like. Yeah. Uh, it actually worked. For once, my fucking going-in plan actually worked, and that's exactly how it happened. He only had one truck left on the bottom of turn three. So I'd killed his two other trucks and his kill rig all on turn one and two. So that actually worked. But the play of the game on that one was this one fucking bold Lehman Russ. Uh, he had... 
a entire squad of mega knobs. I destroyed a truck, a whole squad of mega knobs and a war boss got out of it. And so I shot the Lehman Russ into it with the battle cannon, the multi-melters, last cannon, hunter killer missile, heavy stubber and killed four or five of them right out of it like that. Charged them with the tank to tank shock them. Got a, got a nine inch charge on it rolled my nine dice for tank shock and rolled fucking seven five ups so it caps at six so i did six more mortal wounds to it which left just the war boss on three wounds in close combat with the uh, lehman russ how are you beating orcs in melee with tanks i don't know but i was so on board with it uh i tabled him on uh the bottom of four yeah, because I went second on that. I tabled him on the bottom of four and won that one 76-69 to do a respectable second RT as a two and one and guard. Uh, Justin also went two and one. He beat Space Wolves and Eldar and lost to a Chaos Knight player. And then Tim went two and one. He beat He beat Thousand Sons an uphill battle these days i hear yeah he beat thousand sons and i don't remember what the other one was that he beat and then he lost to a space marine army i think um and chris you know he took his harlequins he he had rough rolls he actually went zero and three he bounced off all of his opponents what did he play he played um he played against another guy named Tony who played Tao, but it was different than Tim's list. <laughs> Tao Tony, Tao uh, Tim. He, you gotta have yeah, a T name yeah, if we you play have, Tao. I know. <laughs> Apparently. Uh, he played against the Thousand Sun player that Tim beat, and then he played against a Space Wolf player in round three. Ah. So, but yeah. So, you know, uh, we came out distinctly average with a total of six wins, six losses for our club at that one. Uh, Justin got sixth. I got eighth. I think Tim got tenth. So, you know, that's how that goes. Tenth out, Tim. Yeah. And then Spencer got fucking third place. No, second place. Spencer was second place at that fucking RT. And that RT had like one of the top players in the Southeast, um, Seth something. He, the night player that beat Justin, uh, Justin actually cost himself that battle. He made a 23-point mistake, but it happens. But the night player played the the winner. He was an, he played Admech in this one. And I think it was 28 minutes into the round, me and uh, Ryan looked over, and they were packing up that table. Wow. Yeah, that dude just dipped. Ugh. Well, if you're not having yeah, fun. He got, he got fucking rolled. So Yeah, exactly. But yeah, so that was all my 40k games, and then I played a shitload of Battletech games. Mostly against Trent, some against Ross, some with everybody, some against Matt. Uh, Big highlights from all the Battletech games. Played a game with Trent and Ross at his place. Uh, Trent killed both me and Ross uh, with ammo explosions when he should have been dead the entire time, because we just could not finish him off. He shot both of our AC5 hoppers and killed both of us with the resulting explosions. Uh, another big highlight was in one of the Solaris games we played with like four of us, uh, we blew off all of Trent's guns, one of his arms, one of his legs. He tried to death from above me, missed, and then we all just kind of stood above him and shot him to death. I played a full game of 5,000 BB with Matt, so it was a lance first lance. I ran uh, an Atlas, 
a rifleman, a blackjack, and a jenner. He had a timberwolf, a wasp, a phoenix hawk, and a locust. Uh, he ended up beating me on that one. It was get the objective and get it back across. Speed kills in that. But he fucking, his locust ran and tried to knock down my atlas, who promptly kicked the locust so hard he ripped its right leg, right torso, and right arm off in one kick, then looked at it on the ground and put an AC-20 through its cockpit and just, just turned it into goo. Well, I'm not crazy knowledgeable about <laughs> Battletech, but uh, as far as I'm aware, a locust is essentially made out of, like, gum wrappers and taffy, so that seems excessive. Yeah, but it's... <laughs> yeah, I kicked it in half like it was a bad kung fu movie. It was great. But yeah, uh, Battletech, stupid fun. Playing a game with David on Wednesday. So we're doing a crab off where we're each running a king crab and then some other stuff. Crab, crab, crab. Yeah, so that was uh, that was all the games played. So you want to roll into Warcom real quick? Yeah, there was the uh, 40th anniversary stream for Warhammer uh, where they did a bunch of, quote, big reveals. I think there was only really one, like, big reveal, but... Uh, yeah, we'll, uh, we'll just go into that. Uh, I'll save the good one for you, Tony. Um, I'm going to, I'll say on the whole, this was like, it was kind of a meh. <laughs> like, it wasn't bad. Oh, yeah. But it was, I don't know. There was, there was nothing like crazy mind blowing about it. You really think they would have saved up a bunch of shit for like the 40th anniversary of Warhammer. But yeah, overall. Oh, no, there was a bunch of shit. But, I mean, yeah. <laughs> yeah, you're not wrong. Hey, speaking of, we'll just go straight into it. How about the new Adeptus Mechanicus Sidonian uh, Scatross? <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> uh, God, Stilty McStilterson's. Yeah, so I'll go ahead and say, from the knee up, I like this model. It feels very admech with a bunch. It's it's like a an outrider, like Vanguard sniper kind of guy. Like he's the scout that runs ahead. He he picks off uh, fucking uh, generals and stuff. He's got a bunch of scopes and you know goofy little robot arms to reload his big crazy rifle. He's got all kinds of. Uh, he's got like two pairs of goggles. He's got a bunch of antennas and stuff. He feels very admech, and I like that part. But then he's just got these fucking pogo sticks that he's walking on. <laughs> like, mm -hmm. they just look terrible. They're so stupid. And he has a, just a pipe with a muffler hanging out of his ass for some reason. Like, it's just from the knees down, this is a bad model. And I've heard people be like, oh, well, it's very Blanche because it's weird and creepy. And it's like, yeah, this is very good as like a one-off print uh ain't good as a model though because a how the fuck are you gonna transport this well and b it looks fucking stupid so i i i get where they're going with this model but i feel like they really should have had a couple more drafts on the drawing room floor when it came to the fucking goofy stilts <laughs> oh my god do you have anything to add to it tony or is this just a fucking dumb model if it wasn't for the stilts, it really, or if the stilts would have looked different, like so, the way I, like, if they would have been like chicken legs. Well, the way I was thinking was like the Sidonian Dragoon, which is uh, the big walker mech with the guy with a gun on top of it for the ad mech. If it had legs like that, but proportionate to its body, that could have been cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, yeah, from the from the knees up, I like the model. Or maybe if they'd have done something like it's a, I know it's supposed to be a lone operative, but if they had like a multi-pose kit or something where like there's one that's kind of 
like the the part that's not sticks on the legs if it was that and the feet and then there was another pose where like one of the legs is extending to show it has like goofy telescopic legs for when it needs to go over terrain maybe that could have looked cooler i don't know but whatever the case swinging a fucking miss guys holy shit and uh yeah, like, this has been the legs just look wrong they look bad they just they look stupid it looks like something i whipped together from like leftover sprue like it doesn't even look like a good piece of like well-designed plastic it just it's just a, a fucking rod it's nothing special Ugh, Ugh says i <laughs> yeah. uh moving on what did you find that was interesting tony uh, yeah, so I'm going to go ahead and hit my big one that I was excited about. But unfortunately, you know, it's it's both good and bad. Yeah. Because we learned some good things about it. We learned some bad things about it. Okay. And that is the Kingdom of Bretonia reveal. Yes. So they showed off a bunch of stuff. So oh, we've got they? the new the new Duke or Baron on Pegasus, which is a, a, re, a whole redesigning of the old um, Lewin Lancier model. And this model is fucking beautiful. Yeah. Like, I, I cannot wait to get this model. It looks great. Uh, generic got, Lord on Pegasus, they call it. Uh, yeah, well, you can build the Duke or the Baron, or you can build uh, Duke Gastil the Red Hand. Why is Hand so red? Uh, probably because he kills things, oh. I would assume. Mm, okay. Okay. Doesn't get caught in the strawberries. Yeah. <laughs> He was eating jam barehanded. Nasty boy. <laughs> then we've got the Knights of the Realm on foot, which is also another killer kit. Uh, it sticks with the old school Bretonian style of the doofy tourney helmet helmets with uh, you got like griffins and fucking pigs and ladies in skirts and dragons and antlers and shit on the helmets. Uh, they can be built with hand weapons and shields or with fucking halberds and great weapons, which is unexpected but look great not you know either choice is good yeah um and they also have the same scale as the other bretonians which is nice they don't have a different scale on them yeah that's a good just better proportions better sculpts Mm -hmm. um andrew do you have that that page pulled up by chance sure do okay so look scroll down and look at the standard bearer and notice or the the sergeant as well notice they have painted the motherfucker's face all the way in that eye slit how in the actual fuck uh you spend a lot of time painting those eyes and then you very carefully paint the helmet around it oh yeah damn yeah so listeners you know how big the heads are on these guys um the sergeant and i assume on all of these models you can literally see the skin tones and the eyes painted through the eye slit i can't even unless the helmet front piece is a separate piece like it is on the uh cities of sigmar guys but i don't imagine that's the case they do have a couple of guys who have helmets with a visor pulled up so that could be the case but that could also just be because it's the model that's that's got the trumpet so it it might just be a special head for that Either way. Either way, that's some yeah. some attention to detail. Yeah, and then they're bringing back four of the original kits, just remolded, but it's still the same models, and that so which means my whole army is still valid. Oh, good. We've got Pegasus Knights. We've got the Knights of the Realm slash Knights Errant. We've got the Men at Arms, which is an was an impossible kit to find when it was out because it is so good for conversions of things. That's oh, just a beautiful D and D kit. 
It's a great D&D kit. It was a great Mordheim kit. It was actually a really good Imperial Guard kit with the old stuff. There were a lot of really cool Guard conversion armies out of it. Uh, and then we've got the Peasant Bowman kit. So... Yeah, I actually, I haven't, the, I didn't read enough yeah. to see that they were bringing back old kits. I thought they were fresh sculpts of old models, but uh, nope, yeah. Nope, these, they're, uh, they're just redos of the old kits, which I'm fine with. They were good kits. They got some bobblehead proportions, and that's fun. Mm-hmm. Uh, my, the interesting thing to me is it doesn't look like, I don't see anything about Grail Knights. Yeah, which means they either have more reveals to come eventually, or... Uh, it it just, makes me feel like it's a new kit. Yeah, it might be something further down the road, because they might just be showing stuff yeah. that comes off on the uh, what's almost certainly going to be an army launch box. So maybe this yeah. is just what's in that. Exactly. So that was the good news. Here's the bad news about it. There are also a selection of brand new resin characters through Forge World. Son of a bitch, it's just like the Horus Heresy. And the shitty part is the one selection of resin characters is the one that's the standard bearers and the knight paladin with the great weapon and uh, buff unicorn foot lady. Oh, speaking of, you forgot to mention the new handmaiden of the lady who's floating on a flower. She is. Yes, there's the handmaiden of the lady floating on a flower holding a uh, a spear and i really don't like the weird model do you like the florida spear though i do like the florida spear and i like the floating on the flowers but it also looks like she's doing the fucking the princess leia floating back to the ship thing <laughs> that's exactly what i was gonna say <laughs> so i think i'm not not super on i think it's a good that. sculpt i honestly don't like the floating on the flower though yeah like if you could maybe I would I would chop her off the flower and just have her standing on a base. That's what I was gonna say. Yeah, if you could snip the flower, standing she would just kind of be the flower. like holding up the spear, rallying the troops or something. Mm -mm. But they do have a new field uh, trebuchet model, or is that an old field trebuchet? No, it is the old field trebuchet kit Ooh. done as a Forge World resin kit. It's been remastered as a Forge World resin kit. Cool. What's really interesting is if you look at it, like it is, it it is the old one. Like I've got one next to me. It is identical. Hmm. It's even got the fucking kid with the slingshot. It'll be interesting to see. But now she's uh, being done in resin. What's resined for the Tomb Kings then? Because uh, there's some cool old models for them that uh, are they going to mm -hmm. resculpt all the awesome stuff? We're going to get the goofy old sarcophagus of souls and all that stuff. Like uh, the casket of souls is such a great model, even if it was goofy. I loved it. Yeah. So I don't know. I'm uh, I I'm more and more at least a little interested in old world. We'll see if I get into it. But them bringing back resin models kind of makes me a little less interested to be honest because uh yeah. i don't love paying you know 15 percent more for my leader model because it's the leader model and then i don't like paying 15 percent more on top of that because it's a resin leader model <laughs> so yeah yeah we'll uh we'll have the, to see what the, the final prices are i'm getting at least one character in plastic and that's good the pegasus guy uh, and I need to get more Pegasus Knights because I want to revive the old Flying Circus list that's just nothing but Pegasus Knights led by a champion on a Pegasus. Do you just have Monty Python's Flying Circus theme playing on a loop in the background? N no, but I should. Oh, man. Alright, so what uh, what else you got, Andrew, from all these Ravels? Well, you got your big one out of the way, so I'll go with, I guess, my big one, because it could be turned into a very cool Chaos conversion, and that is uh, Lord Relictor Ionis Cryptborn on fucking Dragon, which is an awesome model. This is 
just cool model. such a cool fucking sculpt. He's riding on a dragon. It's doing this really cool intimidating pose on a piece of uh, ruined terrain. It's just, it's a big beefy Sigmar boy on the back of a really cool looking dragon. And that's kind of all you really have to say. Yeah, it's a good one. Um, It's really grimdark. Yeah, I actually really like because... Uh, They've, they've been kind of moving that direction with a lot of the recent Sigmarine stuff, and I kind of appreciate that. I, I feel like Sigmar needs a little more in the way of Grimm, because uh, a lot of their stuff has been very, like, over-the-top goofy heroic, which I do like as well. But uh, we, we need some some more dour characters in the setting, and this guy definitely has that vibe. I want to pop that guy off the dragon change out his back banner pole and he would be a killer dark angel chaplain on bike because he's got the like lion skull on his fucking pauldron he's already got the big dark angel mace on bike in the biggest quotes that have ever existed no 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 not take him off of the dragon and put him oh on you just mean the, the guy okay yeah here here's my yeah, yeah, no just just the guy here's my bike chaplain plop a dragon down <laughs> oh wow no, okay Even no the, the dude himself yeah because he's got he's got the fucking book he's got the cloak he's got the skulls everywhere he's carrying a big old fuck off mace yeah he's a chaplain model he really is he's straight he's a chaplain model well, and he's got so many bones and shit too like i just need to put a, a horned helmet and a chaos back pole and he's uh, he's essentially a, a good proxy chaos lord and wyvern like immediately yeah so yeah it wouldn't even take much conversion work to make him look cool yeah so uh might be getting this model in the relative near future because that's a fucking cool model i'll have to wait till a solo launch though because he's also like all the other dawnbringer stuff coming in a bigger box with two of the other um sigmarine dragon rider guys so yeah you know, maybe i'll get him have a chaplain on bike and then a the coolest D dragon ever that is a very good looking D dragon i <laughs> proportion wise he'd probably actually be good for a D dragon too because he's not like monstrously mm -hmm. huge like uh archaeon's dragon yeah so yeah well that was uh that was a pretty good one so anything else kind of jump out at you or you just thrilled with bretonians i mean i'm thrilled with the bretonians uh i do like the belthanos first thorn of kernoth yeah. he's the sylvaneth dude on like a fucking giant mean ass beetle yep tree guy on beetle yeah, like it's it's a gorgeous fucking model. He's he's got a big spear. He's dooting on a big horn. Uh, what is he? He is first thorn of Kurnoth. So I, I imagine he makes the Kurnoth hunters better. So yeah, it looks like his box has um, three of the hunters and then three of the flying beetle riders. Which I don't know if I've ever seen the flying dudes before. Are they a kit? Yeah, I think they revealed them at the first Nova we went to. Oh shit! Okay, I think. Yeah. It is uh, the Army of Renown, the long hunt instead of the wild hunt. <laughs> hunt just won't fucking end. Yeah. Guys, I want to go home. <laughs> but it's a beautiful paint job on those models too, but like it, it's it's a cool fucking model. Yeah, that's, it, it does look gorgeous. As, as always, the Sylvaneth are just pretty mm -hmm. solid fucking kids. I can't wait for David to get his hands on that and paint it up. Yeah, he's got a pretty sizable tree army. Mm-hmm. Uh, which, what else you got? 
Um, well, this is one that Eldar players would have been looking forward to for a long time. We got a new Kill Team box set, so they revealed the new setting, I guess, in quotes, uh, which looks to be kind of like an ocean world or something. A lot of yeah. like, floating platforms, which uh, Kill Team, notorious for its lack of cover, which is what a lot of this terrain looks like, so that was, that's interesting. <laughs> uh, the Kill Team Salvation Box, so it's coming with some of the new Primaris Scout models that they showed off at Nova, and then also uh, new Striking Scorpions, uh, I think. Is this the last, like, basic Eldar Trooper kit, or do they have uh, some other ones? No, because there's not... Let's see, they have new Dark Reapers, they have new Banshees, now they have new Scorpions. New Guardians. Uh, they, did they have new Dire Avengers yet? Might I don't think they have not. Dire Avengers or um, Swooping Hawks. Or the uh, fucking... Fuego. What the fuck are those guys? In Fuego. Uh, no, it's a Meltagun, guys. Yeah. Oh my god, why can I not remember what the fuck they're called? I don't know. There's only a million billion different troops for fucking Eldar at this point. I'll find it real quick. Sorry, Eldari. Fire dragons. Fire dragons and warp, and warp spiders. Okay, so we still have like four kits to go through, but yeah. either way, they are at least making progress on all of that... Uh, all of that mm -hmm. stuff so you're not necessarily having to buy metal or fine cast anymore but uh yeah so new new setting um doesn't look as exciting as gallo dark none of this stuff looks quite as cool as uh fighting in a space hulk but hey if you want uh uh space marine scouts or striking scorpions early this is the box for you yeah uh can we just point out that uh one of the scouts they showed is they're all raven guard scouts yep. but one of them is african-american descent yeah which uh which i like because that was the whole big thing that a bunch of people were getting all pissy about actually three of two them two of them are. three of them there's a oh, sniper three. a rocket launcher oh, yeah, guy the sniper too and uh yeah just and then just uh, just a normal boulder guy yeah because the whole people were getting all upset about that because all the raven guard are supposed to be pale white guys all supposed to be mid-2000s emos yeah, so uh, good on Games Workshop for making that canon. For, Thank you. For realizing that's stupid to have mono skin tone mm -hmm. space marines when they're gene seed and, and people that they put the gene seed yep. into is from shitloads of planets. Uh, I mostly paint all of my guys white uh, just because I'm really, really bad at skin tones and I can barely do white skin tones and I don't want everyone to look like characters. Uh, I mostly make sure my guys wear helmets because I don't want to bother painting skin. <laughs> you'll yep. notice that almost none of my iron warriors have bare skin mostly because i think it's stupid for people to be running around without helmets on battlefields anyway so i think it's appropriate for them to all have their goddamn helmets on as well oh, as no, me being I'm, lazy. I'm right there with you but my guys just don't get a lot of armor when you're in the guard that's fair enough yeah no and, and also <laughs> it's easy just to get you know your your basic skin tone down where you're just like uh cadian flesh flesh wash kislev flesh you're yeah. done exactly uh what else you got what's uh oh wait no that was the one you pulled wasn't it yes although we can go into like the last thing if you want to <laughs> uh you talking the 40 year exclusive box oh no uh, there's one more model but oh. uh we can talk about the exclusive oh, what box was, if you want what, to. What, what was the other what was the other model oh well necron players will be happy so uh silent oh, king yeah i don't care about this one i remember now silent king definitely uh put him in the shadows for a bit but there is a new model for emotech the storm lord who uh has the exact same pose and uh for a minute it looked like the exact same model until you realize the proportions are a bit better and he's no longer in fine cast it's a good model it's very necron that's kind of all we really need to talk about i think 
40 year anniversary they box. Also released the yeah, the 40 year anniversary box. What was the price on this box? $150. It's kind of a miss for me. It's it's like if it was half that it's price. It's close. It's really close to being really cool. If it was half that price, I would have liked it a lot more, I think. Yeah. So it is a like a reusable one of those nice boxes that's got a whole bunch of Warhammer artwork on it that says 40 years. Um, it comes with a, a cool print that's a lot of their old retro stuff on it. Like you've got... Um, at the very bottom, it, it kind of like goes through time on it, it looks like. The very bottom, you've got real fucking old models. And one Stormcast tucked in the corner. Uh, as it goes up, you've got like the Blood Angel with the Fist. You've got the um, Black Templar Marshal they re-release. You've got some Dwarves on there, some High Elves. The very tops, all the Primaris Marines and a Beaky Marine. Yeah, it's the old... Uh, like an, an RTO-1 Beaky yeah, the, Marine. the Rogue Trader Crimson Fist Marine. Yeah, uh, so it's a like corner. it's a cool piece of artwork. If that artwork is sold on its own, I'd probably pick it up. Yeah, no, that's a good piece. I'd I'd, I'd buy that for like you know a reasonable thirty dollars or something. Mm-hmm. What's uh what's the next one in the box, Andrew? Uh, there's a 40th anniversary shirt with a Beaky Marine head and Harry the Hammer helmet, which Tony thought was a Bretonian helmet until I had to find I the piece of art. Legitimately thought was a Bretonian. Well, yeah, yeah, because this is this is before the Chaos guys all had like, oh, you have to have big fucking horns on your helmet to be Chaos. So uh, yeah, that's a that's an OG Chaos fella. Um, if it didn't come in like an off white, I'd like the shirt a lot more, but, uh, it sure does. So I'm not going to buy it unless they re-release it in different colors. The, the beaky helmet's really cartoony looking to me. Uh, it's cause it's based on the original Rogue Trader art. Like it's, it's the same. No, 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 just, yeah. It's like, it's, it's just the Crimson Fist holding his, his power fist up in the battle pile. Yeah, I guess it's just cause it's. Because it was kind of a cartoony style. I don't know. Yeah, I guess it is. Uh, then you get a functionally moleskin book. <laughs> yeah. That's got a Primaris Marine and a Stormcast Eternal on it. It's black. They're done in white. It's 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 cool aesthetic, but uh, it's just pictures yeah. of models on a moleskin. <laughs> yep. And then uh, a mug with uh, a Sigmarine and a Primaris Marine. There you go. It says 40 mm-hmm. years. Yep. Um a sticker sheet. It's got a wah sticker, a more null oil sticker, a helmet, a skull, and a killer. I, I kind of like okay. more null oil. I, I wouldn't mind that as its own thing. Yeah. Um. The the winner of this kit though is there is a forty year anniversary hoodie which has the John Blanche art of the Emperor on his throne on the back. It's a pretty solid hoodie. It's in black, like if, it if, should be. If they sell that on its own, that I'd probably try and pick that up, but it'd probably be like eighty bucks. Yeah, knowing how. GW merch store is that that's one of those ones you'd want to buy a, a hundred bucks worth of stuff. So you could get that one for a lot cheaper, mm-hmm. but uh, it's, it's a, uh, it's a solid it, hoodie. I like it. Yeah. Um, uh, and it comes with a 20% discount for the, uh, Warhammer merch store, not the Warhammer store, the Warhammer merch store. Yeah. If you want to, so that's going to be where you buy this kind of stuff, a shirt and a hoodie, and then buy another shirt the next month, I suppose. Yeah. It's, 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 I mean, we've both ordered stuff from the Warhammer merch store. Like it's good stuff. Yeah. I was wearing my Iron Warrior shirt yesterday, but, uh, it's like, again, if this was half the price, it'd be a pretty good box, but 150 for a hoodie, a kind of crap shirt and a bunch of eh, whatever, like, nah, I'm, I'm good. Oh, 
hey, right now, uh, the Warhammer merchandise store for the 40th anniversary is doing 15% off two shirts or 20% off four. Oh, I think that's their normal discount price. That's actually pretty good. Oh, do they normally have that discount? Oh, they've got a Sigismund shirt. Fuck. Are we going down the Warhammer merch rabbit hole? Uh, yeah, after after we re- finish recording this episode, let's just take a peek at that and see if there's anything. Fair enough. Okay. Uh, yeah, yeah, so that so, was the uh, 40th anniversary, which was uh, overall, eh, Bretonians were cool, Dragon Guy was cool, you yeah. know, Yeah, what, uh, is there any other, any other stuff on preview that you want to just kind of point out? Oh, or, yeah, well, uh, from, you, from previews, yeah, you're, rather? Yeah, you're going to be real fucking excited, because uh, today they announced that uh, next weekend the Cities of Sigmar stuff goes up for pre-order. That is exciting. So, uh, I almost bought into orcs, so I'm glad I didn't. She just had the the buy and itch. Well, no, I want to. I still might actually just kind of not pull the ripcord on Cities of Sigmar, but slow build them uh, and do orcs just because. Forty K orcs fucking, or I play, Sigmar? Uh, no, no, Sigmar, okay. Sigmar. Because I, I fucking play, I play Cities of Sigmar in forty K with my guard. That's fair. Yeah, but um. I'm I'm probably gonna end up selling my sister's stuff and my Caradron overlords. So, yeah. Are you are you gonna Flip be those and, are you gonna be that guy and go nothing but pigs? Oh, I don't know. I'll I'll get other orcs too, most likely if I do it. If I do it. If you do it. Um, the fact that I can do because I've got I've got a Sigmar army for order. I've got a Skaven army for chaos. I've got a Vampire Counts army for death. I don't have a Destruction army. You strike me as kind of an ogre guy, honestly. Some fat white guy? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> fair. No, fair. <laughs> no, like, because they have the, the combination of, like, solid range stuff, big monsters, tough melee stuff. Like, it, it seems like something I, you'd like. I don't like their aesthetic. Neither do I. I don't I, like how the models look. That's my big thing about it. It is I the one really destruction I like will not the, get into unless they really revamp yeah. the range. Yeah. Uh, I would totally do Gits if you and I could go to a doubles event and both play Gits. Fuck yeah. I mean, you could but still you could still get into Gits. It would be very cool to see how you paint them compared to me. Yeah. Gits are fantastic, and I do love a good squig herd, and uh, you could get in the spiders, because I haven't done spiders yet. Like, there's all kinds of Gits avenues. Yeah, I know. <laughs> well, either way. But if I if I, if I I do orcs, I could also do trogs with the, the trog, trogs trog herd. It's true. So. It's true. And you I could, could do the Meyerbrut trog off. Also true, yep. Stuff like that. Uh, but I would not want to use the Cruel Boys on them. I would get other orc models to use on them because I don't like the Cruel Boys aesthetic. You don't like the Lanky Boys? No. Well. I don't know why. There's just something about them that's not my cup of tea. Chimpanzees versus gorillas. I mean, that's that's what they're going for. Wow. Pigs are expensive. Holy shit. It's $80 for three of them. They're, the three pigs is the same price as one of the big pigs which is also very expensive for a solo model yeah but at least it's large man i really like this free guild command core kit that's some good fucking i do too i do too just that necromancer dude and the guy with the fuck off you jacks that's that's it's a real good kit it really is and the stupid ogre with the sniper on his back 
Yeah. Uh, I'll, I'll probably I'll probably just get those. They are fun, still. wacky models, uh-huh. and I may eventually get into them. Although I am thrilled to bits that I am not like, yes, I have to buy these guys now. <laughs> yeah. Oh, uh, but um, yeah. So the new Dawnbringer or the new Cities of Sigmar stuff with Dawnbringer is coming out. So that's exciting. Uh, what else was up for pre-order? There was also Fulgrim. Uh, <laughs> he was coming out. <laughs> Ooh, did it say how much he costs? No, I imagine it's going to be a nice sticker shock for everybody. I'm going to guess at least two fifty. Oh, at least because that is at least. the wings alone are going to cost like hundred and fifty dollars. <laughs> this is a fucking outrageously huge model. It really is. God, you paint it and then never touch it again. Yeah. Good. Yeah, that vulgar model is real nice oh, beautiful real nice. i would love to paint it i will not be purchasing it oh my god <laughs> yeah uh one of the other things that's super cool that there's it's not going out for pre-order i don't think yet uh but they showed it are the von sar brutes and boards for ash wastes yeah the ash jumpers i love that fucking mech more and more it just feels like what the fuck? How have these guys not taken over Necromunda? They are so clearly yeah. better than everyone yeah. else. Like, I get that they have super cancer or whatever, but like, these guys have actual Gundams that they can hop around in, and then you got fucking Goliaths who are just like, I don't know, put a fucking spiky ram on a wheel and have have done. I, uh, yeah. It makes no sense how they haven't taken over yet. <laughs> well, we have an actual functioning STL, but fuck it, I guess, whatever. <laughs> Yeah, but those guys, it's more of the board guys and then the super cool, like, forearm jumpy mech. Yeah, uh, and then there's a really cool uh, weirdo coming out for the Ash Waste Nomads who has a huge, like, battle hawk thing that she can command. What is her name? Uh, Asungar, the Lady of Ash. She's a spirit speaker, whatever that is. But, uh, yeah, very cool model. like it a lot. We'll see if I end up getting it. Not really been in a Necromunda mood lately, but uh, Necromunda yeah. does continue to have some of the coolest models. So Really? It really does. Yeah. It's got beautiful models. Uh, speaking of Necromunda, I guess we'll also go into the other gang that I have where uh, the fucking Ironhead Squat Prospectors are getting their first bespoke vehicle. Uh, what is it called? They are getting a... Uh, it's called Ocean Gate. Scalvian Explorator, which is, yeah, it looks like the Ocean Gate uh, submarine on treads, and it's really cool. I like it a lot. Um, unfortunately, <laughs> really it is cool. going to be resin, so it's going to be like $150, so I'm probably not going to buy one. <laughs> it's going to be fucking pricey. Yeah, they're also getting two new uh, bounty hunters specifically for squats, both of which have their own cool futuristic pipes. Uh, we are getting, what is his name? Uh, Oren and Ursin Grimjarl, who are the last survivors of their clan. Uh, Oren has like this monstrously huge plasma rifle and a big drill on a, on a servo arm. And he has this little, little, uh, goofy little robot that's got all kinds of big wheels on it. And he just looks super fun. And then his brother has this huge sniper rifle and he's got a fun little floating robot with him. Uh, they kind of have a Borderlandsy aesthetic, honestly. And, uh, I, yeah. I like them better than I like Borderlands. So there you go. Yeah. Um, let's see some other, any other interesting things that have popped up on Warcom. Oh, uh, there are four plushes coming from Tommy. Yeah. You've got the fucking squig, which I love. I love the squig one. I do kind of need You've the squig. got a 
yeah, you've got a grot oiler, which is almost as good as the squig. You've got a fucking great unclean one, which is known as the little unclean one, which works because they did a nurgling uh, a couple of years ago. And then bringing up the rear, we got a griffhound. It's a fucking griffhound? He's just, he's just one of these things is not like the other. Hanging out, I guess. He's he's also here. Yeah, but that fucking squig, oh, Jesus I Christ. Or I guess it's not a it's not a grot oiler, it's a spanner grot. Apologies. Yeah, he's got a spanner, not an oil can, obviously, Tony. Yeah, my bad. <laughs> Uh, uh, anything else? I think that might be the long and short of it. Oh, wait, sorry. We For, for tiny epic heresy, we have drop pods incoming. <laughs> oh, drop pods with shield generators and also the jet bikes they talked about. Yeah, no, they are actually showing off like everything. It does just look like yeah. Horus heresy, but but whittle. Yeah. So uh, that's uh, There is one other, one other thing. If uh, you are one of the joy toy collectors, you can now get the Lionel Johnson joy toy. Jesus. What is that like two hundred dollars? I have no idea, but it comes with two. It comes with the two watchers. Like it's the model. It comes with the different head options, including big wing head. Uh, yeah, it's and there's also Lazarus they're releasing, and just uh, an unnamed company champion. It's fun seeing them releasing new joy toys where they just look exactly like the model but bigger. I think they're cool. They are cool, but it's just like okay, cool. I, I guess I'll just buy the same model but like three times bigger. Cool. Mm-hmm. Why not? Yeah, so I think that's that's really kind of everything that that was pertinent off previews. Yeah, a lot of it's just them like reminiscing back on the 40th anniversary stuff, which some of that stuff's really cool. Yeah, seeing uh, goofy old models and their fun new updates and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Oh, that could be a good episode. Uh, best glow ups on a model. Ooh, yeah, yeah. There's been plenty of them in the past five years for sure. Yes, there have. So we kind of uh, alluded to it earlier that we've got kind of an interesting, fun, big thing this episode. And when we were at Nova, you heard me talk about getting to talk with Stevie from Baron of Dice. We actually have an interview with him that we are going to be popping onto this episode. Yeah, it was a really fun time to talk with him. Uh, definitely glad to uh, talk with him again after Nova. Uh, hopefully technical issues weren't too bad on this particular interview. So, uh, yeah, I hope you guys enjoy it like we did. Yeah, so uh, just sit back, relax, and we'll be back with you in just a second with Stevie, the Baron of Dice himself. All right, everybody, welcome back, and thanks for hanging with us for a quick break. Here with us today, we have the Baron of Dice himself, Stevie. So, Stevie, why don't you kind of introduce yourself a little bit, you know, tell tell the fine folks about yourself some. Sure. So my name's Stevie, uh, Stevie Long, and I run Baron of Dice. Um, we kind of just go crazy making the best premium wargaming dice that we can. If you haven't heard of us, you probably, uh, probably should give us a look. They are a fantastic product. Uh, I know Andrew and I both own some of the dice. Uh, Andrew, what what sets did you pick up? Did you pick up one or two? Uh, the only one I got was your Gloomspite Git dice, which is uh, actually pretty funny because I picked those up a week before they announced that they were finally releasing some through Games Workshop. So yeah, but yours are better, so it worked out. <laughs> yeah, That's I, good I, to I hear. picked. Yeah. I picked up a set of the Battletech dice with the Ghost Bear logo. So if you're a Battletech or Alpha Strike player, he's got dice for it. Um, I got the Nova Big Swag Bag. So I got some of your really nice premium Nova dice. Those are 
absolutely gorgeous. And uh, being the tank-loving player I am, as all of our listeners know, I also picked up your uh, your freedom dice, your red, white, and blue Lehman Rust star pip dice that I've been, uh, for lack of a better term, lusting over for the better part of a year. So, And they roll great, except for when they don't. But I guess that's kind of so dice. I did, I did personally watch him roll about 100 oh twos in a row, so that was interesting. Oh, that's okay, because my next game were basically all sixes and fives. There you go. Statistics, nice how do they work? Oh, man. So, Stevie, what, um, do you have, like, a background of the hobby at all, or are you just like, I want to fucking make a dice, that's my calling? I mean, that's what it ended up, that's what it ended up being, but no, I, um, I've been in the hobby for, ooh, uh, about a decade and a half now. Okay. Um. I started with with good old, yeah, with good old Middle Earth strategy battle game. Um, Yeah, that was my first my first calling. So that was high school. Uh, Played with some buddies, and they were like, "Dude, why are you uh, why are you playing Lord of the Rings? Look at this thing called Warhammer." And uh, and back then it was just called fantasy. So that's what we we went into, and we went pretty deep. Um, I had the skeleton, the the Tomb Kings, uh, rambling skeleton hordes. Yeah. And, um, anyway, fast forward college and then we came back and then all the boys were like, Hey, we should get back into that. And I was like, yes, yes, we should. And, um, they blew it up. They blew up fantasy. So, <laughs> so we jumped into Sigmar. Um, and I started with the, with the Ozark Bone Reapers who were newly released. It was, it was pretty, pretty keen timing to be honest. And, um, and got the army, got it all painted up, and we were playing, and I was like, I need some stuff to match this army, right? I just spent all this time, all this energy and money to, to get a table ready, and um, and I couldn't find any. So so I did what everybody does, and, uh, and I contacted Chessex, and that was just a process. It was a, it was a long process. Um, it, it, I mean, I guess it worked in the end. Right. But I just couldn't choose a color that I wanted. I wanted like a bone color. Right. And I couldn't do that. So I had to settle for orange, my favorite color. Um, and then I was like, OK, there's got to be a better way to do this. So that's what started. Right. That's what started the whole thing. I just wanted dice to match my bone reaper army. It's pretty wild. Um, so then I created dice for that and. The, my buddies wanted some for their armies, right? Because they started Seraphon and uh, and Daughters of Cain, and they were like, "All right, I was like, all right, let's do this thing." So we made some dice, and um, we made extra this time, and we popped it on Facebook, and we were like, they sold right away, like within a week. And I was like, Emily, I think we might have found something here. So then we like tried it. You know what I mean? It was just all these baby steps to where I actually thought we could do something with it. Um, and it just and escalated and snowballed. Music. Yeah. Right. So the. So did you um? Go ahead, Andrew. Oh, sorry. Go ahead, Tony. No, no, you go ahead. All right, I'll go ahead. This is our dynamic. You'll get used to us. We're idiots. <laughs> so the we're probably about to ask the same question anyway. The first ones you did, did you do like resin pour, or did you just go whole hog and be like, I'm gonna actually mold plastic and get an injection molding machine for these? No. Yeah. No. It, it's. So to do them at home, right, to do to do dice, you need to do a resin pour. There's just no other way around it, right? So you, you could buy a mold, 
uh, silicone mold online, super cheap. Um, and we're not there anymore. Like we upped from from where we started. But oh, to you're start, not making thousands of dice by hand in your garage every <laughs> night. <laughs> no. A little more professional. No. <laughs> Um, magic is ruined, Andrew. I don't know what to do with this information. I thought he was just like one of Santa's elves, just going to town. Lovely, lovingly caressing the, the silicone mold as he uses it. <laughs> um, yeah. So no, so we started with that, and it was, and it was, it was good for the. You know, we we played around with it, and then we tried Chessex, of course, and then, um, and then I started searching for uh, facilities of production, like. A production facility to make our dice and i was like hey i know what what we want i want resin i want hand swirled i've seen acrylic and i've seen resin and i know that resin is better right there's just nobody else that makes resin dice so and i know it costs more and it's longer process and all that but um we'll get into that later so yeah it's uh it's pretty crazy yeah, that's that's super cool. Like, I just, I just, it's wild to me to see like a business start that small in your garage. It's like, um, it's literally like one of those wild movies out of the '90s of like just software developers where they just start their garage and like chain smoking cigarettes. Like, dude, I got this killer idea, and then boom, it's this huge giant business just a couple of years later. The real question is, do you have a business partner that's going to try and undercut you so we can have the third act of the movie? Oh, yeah, that's true. <laughs> that's true. you got to have business. Yeah. <laughs> that's funny. No, it was, um, it felt like that. It, it really did. Because I was, like, before I had any of this, I didn't even know how to sell it. So I was just, like, using saran wrap in my kitchen and then, like, rolling the dice in the saran wrap in these little bricks and then just shipping them off, so it's like a little cocaine brick of saran wrap dice. <laughs> you gotta stuff them in a balloon to really get the effect. <laughs> it was, it was wild. It was Emily's just like, "What are you doing with all my saran wrap?" So we had to buy this big giant. We still have it. Roll of saran wrap that will probably never go through our entire lives. <laughs> it's wild. I guess so. Now that you're not using the, uh, the the pre-done like silicone stuff anymore, what is the process? Or do you have like an industrial machine that does it now? Or? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. No, so it's still all. So it's really simple, right? So the competition, aka everybody else, um, they use acrylic dice. So it's just like right. these pellets uh, of plastic, and they're in a big hopper, and it's all metal, and it's extruded into a metal mold, um, and that's kind of the pricey point of acrylic. But then you're just superheating plastic, extruding it into a mold, and pressurizing it to hopefully remove the bubbles. Um, right. Letting it cool, popping it out, and it's it's done, right? You still get a mold line on it. Um, if you've noticed all of Chessex dice, they all have a mold line. Um, GW has a small, much smaller mold line, but it's still there. I can show you. Um, versus resin. So resin is silicone mold, and... We use a really large one now. It's um, it's like a table. Um, so you're still hand swirling the resin. It just comes in these big buckets. You add your dye to it. You put your paddle bit on, and you you hand like drop the droplets to make the different colors. Like if you're making a green, you're doing a yellow droplet and a blue droplet until you get that shade of green. And then there's different methods like a dirty pour, or you can pour them both at the same time, and 
you pour it into this giant mold, right? So they're all still hand-swirled and hand-poured. Um, then you pressurize it. And what that does is push all of the bubbles out, right? So they're all in a mold, and the one side is blank, right? It's just a flat. That's your sixth side, usually, right. unless you're playing Conquest. Um, <laughs> then you pop it out of the mold. You do a quick tumble, and and then you then you engrave it, right? So laser engraving machine, and then you hand inlay it. That's fairly simple, but you're basically covering the die in in a, in a paint, um, and then you hand polish it all off, and then you there you go. Unless you want to do a finishing effect, right, or a second color inlay, which we do do on some of the dice. Um, that matte finish is becoming more and more popular. It's like a chalky kind of finish at the end, and it absorbs all the light, so it's really, really good on camera. Um, and it's just different. It feels cool in your hand. Yeah. Yeah, uh, I actually was looking at those on yours. It's uh, it's with the Lamenters dice, right, that you have on one of your splash pages? They're like the black with the gold inlay, and they're that weird matte texture. Ah, uh, the Golden Eagle, yes. Yeah, yes, yeah. The, the definitely yeah. not Custodes or yeah. Imperial Eagle symbol, yes. They almost look like velvet. It's a super cool look on them. Yeah, it's if it even feels different. Like in per, it's like a chalky almost. It just it's really cool that like why haven't we done this? I, I'm relatively new to the scene, but people have been wargaming and making resin dice long before acrylic dice. Yeah, you know why was that never done before? Yeah, and I guess the mat makes sense with just the popularity of streaming at this point. So yeah, yeah. You know, shiny lights going all the time makes sense to be able to actually see what the heck's going on. Yeah. Right, right, exactly. So, so this whole operation, you still have like your hand in all of it. Like it's not, hey, you get the order and you send it to a factory and they make it. Like you're the dude pouring resin and painting pips, huh? No, 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 no. Now <laughs> I have a, now I have a production facility that does all that, which okay. is good. Um, it's good. I need, I needed it. Um, yeah. So they still use like the brand of resins that I ask for. Okay. Um, okay. They swirl it with the methods that I that I know, like, like we video conference because they're overseas. Um, so we video conference just about every day. Um, I do try to take Sundays off and then just do, you know, mundane tasks and in the morning and then hang out with the family during the day. There you go. Um, just good for the soul. <laughs> yeah. What's a day off? Um, Andrew, what's a day off? I haven't had one of those in weeks. <laughs> Well, it's a day where you sleep until about nine, and then, uh, you know, you just kind of take a leisurely breakfast, two or three cups of coffee, you know how it is. Right. So I know you said you got into the hobby through Lord of the Rings, which is a a wild way to get into Warhammer. What was your faction? I, I did the starter box, right? So it was just... The starter oh, box, okay. Oh man, what was that? Sophomore uh, year, perhaps, of high school? And it was, oh, God, uh, it was I'm definitely... Old. I'm old, Andrew, I don't like this. <laughs> <laughs> and it was um it was gondor because i remember painting those white trees on the shields just yeah. so many of them i think that was a gondor and morador orc starter set back then yeah and it was yeah and it was orcs as the as the enemy um and yeah. i think i scooped up a cave troll as well um and then i did a board like i did a i had a bunk bed removed the bottom bunk bed so i had like an actual whole room so it was like the size of a tabletop it worked out and uh i just went ham 
with a styrofoam board. And I remember I cut my colored pencils in half, like long ways, and I flipped them upside down to make a bridge across the board. <laughs> I did like water. It was just the good old days. So, so you've always been a bit of a crafty person then? I guess you could say that, yeah. So so, so going from building a display board to a resin dice wasn't that large of a jump for you? <laughs> no, no, okay. no, it certainly wasn't. <laughs> uh, so I know I've, I've spent a lot of time just kind of looking through your inventory online. How, how many designs do you have? Uh, to... Like, like ballpark it if you got to yeah um so if i if i ballpark i would say six to seven hundred um designs yep and then each design probably has a round corner square corner and then some of them have a 12 millimeter option on top of that all right do you prefer round or square corner because this is a really like divisive topic with dice people i've learned it is. It is. It's kind of fun because I always liked round corner, right? That's why I started with round. And I was like, this is crazy. Why are people using square? And then I got so many requests. I said, all right, let's do this thing. 2023, I'm going square. And then I started using them because I did a really cool design and I, I wanted to use it. Um, how I can best describe it as round corner feels like you're rolling. They actually roll around a little more. Yeah. Square corner feels like you're rolling with a purpose. So, <laughs> I like Ooh, okay because I'm I'm firmly in the round corner camp because I I love just rolling them into the tray because they get that good bounce on them, and I feel like the square corner dice I have don't have as good of a bounce. Okay. You know, I I honestly don't think I have an opinion on which one. I'm I'm gonna have to now. I'm gonna have to start noticing and see if I can form an opinion. Yeah, and I, I think my, my dislike of square corner has been the only square corner dice I've ever used are the, like, old, crappy plastic ones you would get from, like, the Dollar Tree when we were growing up. Because, like, <laughs> I need dice. I'm going to play Warhammer. I'm 13 years old. I can't afford, you know, a Chessex brick. So, uh, dollar Yahtzee dice it is, I guess. Now, that's a niche corner. business question. <laughs> That's a niche business question. Do you notice a significant difference in the cost of manufacturing between rounded corner and square corner? Because you're paying for more corner. <laughs> yeah, you would think, but no. So, like the highest, okay. the highest cost is the labor, not the, not the actual yeah. resin. Yeah, I, I assumed it'd be something like that, but you know, I guess if you got to like a big enough, like you know, say this went crazy and you're doing like you know, you're you're the new chess X or something, would that be a, a big enough difference shaving off those corners? That would be I feel like if you're doing the sales of Chessex, you don't care at that point. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. That's fair. <laughs> that is true. I um, so even like twelve mils, even my twelve mils are still the same price because it's still the same amount of time. You know, even yeah. right. drastically different size. I'm using a whole lot less resin. But man, it's still, you have to polish them and inlay each side. It's just a lot, you know? Yeah. yeah. Just, I, I just, I can't get over how beautiful the dice that I got are. Like, they are excellent quality. So, like, for the listeners, if if you've never gone onto the website, it's, it's just, it's baronofdice.com and... Even the photos look good, but, like, uh, the dice sounds weird. Some of them look like you want to eat them like a piece of candy. Most notably, the <laughs> Fire Drake 
orange ones that you have, every time I see them, I just think like a fucking hard candy, like an orange dreamsicle hard candy. But maybe I'm just an actual goblin. <laughs> Could be uh, a good Halloween time kind of thing for you to, to veer into at some point. Make some, make some dice-shaped candies. That's perfect for Halloween. No. <laughs> That's the perfect color for Halloween, too. Exactly. Damn sight better than candy corn. Uh, what's not? What's not? What's your candy of choice, Stevie? My candy of choice? Uh, oh, I used to like sugar daddies. Oh, man, they were so good. But then they started hurting my teeth. I didn't, I didn't know you were a 52-year-old man. My bad. I know, I know. <laughs> I know, but now I think, I think I'm boring and I like Reese's like every other person out there. there is Reese's is a very good... Reese's. They're fantastic. That, that is a good down-the-middle... There's no problem with Reese's. You're just so common. I feel like I need something. It's fine. I don't know. That's what you want. That's what you want with your candy is where you can I get guess, it everywhere, I though. I guess. Go to the gas station. They're going to have Reese's. But the Reese's in Easter, the Easter eggs or the Halloween pumpkins oh, yeah. or the Christmas trees. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Those are, those are pretty good. Top tier. That's another they, level. They double down. They double down on the peanut butter yeah, stuff. Yeah, they really do. Yeah. It's like double peanut butter. Perfect. Yeah. Or you get the um, the Christmas trees that never look like Christmas trees. Yes, yes. <laughs> None the of the shapes of Reese's ever look like the correct shape. <laughs> well, eggs makes total sense because it's just an oval. It's really hard to fuck it up, even though they still do sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. Oh, man. So uh, back to dice before we get too sidetracked of all of the candies we love. So if you had to pick your favorite design if it's one you sell or like a custom one that you've seen come through what would it be yeah it's um it's probably going to come down to a few um okay i love the the battle tank patriotic because it's a layered with a swirl in it with star pips i mean that one we just went ham and that was actually for a group uh in texas by cliff uh oh that tracks crap yeah, Cliff, Cliff Russell, I think his last name is. Anyway, Cliff reached out and he was like, hey, we need some, some Texas Open dice. And I was like, all right, let's do this thing. And they went ham with it. And I was like, these are awesome. Um, ah, who do I like the best? The Golden Tome is probably one of my favorites. It's, it's like this silver and dark blue and Ooh. light blue swirling. It's a triple swirl. With a metallic gold Those inlay, are... and it looks Those very are sharp. Yeah, that looks very, very good. Um, if I had to go chaos, oh, yeah. checking them out now. Chaos would be scorched book or flaming book. So they're both like the same, but one is a red and black, and one is like a like ash. Like I went tried to get it like an ash, like a, like a burning yeah. book page, right? And then you, of course, you do your flaming book on top of that. And it, they both just turned out incredibly well with the matte finish. It just feels like you're holding it. Really, like scorched book. Yeah, it looks good, right? It does. <laughs> That's a good sign. Getting into chaos soon, Tony. What's up? What's up, Andrew? Sorry, I was I was lusting over dice again. I say getting into chaos soon, oh, so you have a reason no, to buy no, those no, dice. No, no, not even. Yeah, my yeah, chaos my army chaos is scathing. Oh, that is true. You do have chaos. I do technically. have a chaos army. I, I keep forgetting that Age of Sigmar made them like proper chaos. Even though they're technically a destruction army, but I'm not going to get into that. Yeah, yeah. 
Let's see. Uh, so all of your dice also come in tins. Do you guys like manufacture the tins? Was it just like a kind of a wild decision to be like, we need to put these in something cooler than just like a box or a cube or saran yeah. wrap in your kitchen? Yes, that's. I mean, that's where we were. So we were in yeah. saran wrap, saran wrap heaven, and um, saran wrap R us, and and then I found these. If if you have a video, it's like this clear bag. It's actually on clearbags.com. Um, fancy is that, that. Is that actually a thing, or are you just fucking with me? No, no, I'm serious. That's how <laughs> I found them. Clearbags.com. Yep, yep. Good old Google search. Google. Never, I never I'm on it right now. It is a thing. It is a thing. Oh my yeah. god. And um, so then I went to these plastic sleeves and I was like, these are these are cool because I was I'm the one packing all the dice and um, and I got really fast at it. I got really good at it. But then I'm thinking to myself, I'm packing them into each of these sleeves and then someone's just going to throw this sleeve away. Like what a waste of my time, you know, like like it looks good. It presents. It gets it there. But man, it would be really cool to pack them into something that people could use that people could reuse. Um, so then we reached out to several different companies to try and quote this this metal tin um, that seemingly didn't exist because I had to get it in custom size. Um, and then I wanted a clear lid on top, right? So you know what dice you're grabbing. So you buy five sets, you know, you just want to quickly go between without opening each of them and say, yeah, these are these are the, the Lords of Night dice, you know, the Infinity Dragon dice. And quickly grab it out um so we did it so that was another big change in 2023 um and then we had to raise the price a little bit unfortunately um but i think with bringing the tins on you know it was worth a two dollar and fifty cent increase i was about to oh, say they're, they're still cheaper than gw dice more dice than gw dice better quality dice than gw dice and they're a low I say local business. You're technically not local to us, but you know what I mean. Like a, they're a small business. Like everything if about them is better. Yeah. See, there you go. <laughs> there you go. Um, yeah, and I, I love being able to look into the ten. That's it's a great call on that. So I was what, during your last spiel with your dice. Um, how much fun do you guys have trying to think up alternate, uh, not suable names for the stuff? Yeah, that's my favorite part. Similar to, but legally distinct from names. Oh yeah, oh yeah. That's that's the that's the clever part, right? Where I can go, just yeah. touch it, but not actually touch it. Some of them I'm probably a little a little too close, but I'll leave it there until I'm told otherwise. Not yeah, not quite say. enough for them to necessarily throw a lawyer at you, but if they really wanted to, right? right. <laughs> like wondering how close Icarus had gotten to the sun there. <laughs> yes, yes, I, I feel like it at times. I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> oh, I, yeah, I always notice these things with like uh, 3D print companies just trying to think up wackier and wackier names where it's like, oh, these are space soldiers, the, the angry space soldiers who wear red and have chain weaponry. <laughs> in the, in uh, the this 40 is seconds. the marine space with buzzsaw sword. <laughs> yeah, a lot of it gets it gets a little ridiculous sometimes. Uh, so you have a lot of dice for a lot of different game systems. And I, I just noticed that you started polyhedral dice. Is that a new thing? No, they, they've been there longer than most things, actually. Um, oh, okay. I guess I've just missed that. Yeah, I just don't sell too, too many of them, to be 
frank with you, right? They're just there. Um, I might sell one or two sets a week type deal. Um, they're cool. I try to have fun with them. I kind of love the fruit ones. It's just so random. Yeah, that was, uh, that was a good one. Well, if you get a, if you get a couple orders from Georgia in the near future, I, uh, I told some friends I was, I was doing this interview and they're like, who's that guy? And I was like, Oh, here's the website. Check it out. And they're, they're squarely D and D people. They don't play Warhammer or anything. Oh, so that, uh, might, might get you a set or two sold here at least. They'll justify me making them. <laughs> yeah. How, uh, how long have you actually been the Baron of Dice? Like, how long have you been doing this? Um, what are we, in October? A little over two and a half years. Okay, I was oh, about to say, because sure. it seems like about a year and a half or so ago is when we just all of a sudden started seeing this stuff pop up everywhere from you. So that tracks them. Okay. That's when I started going crazy. And it's all yeah. started <laughs> from good old Facebook posting. And uh, yeah, wrong with and, that. And social media groups. has its place sometimes. Yeah, yeah, it does. sometimes. <laughs> well, uh, I was noticing at Nova that you got some uh, pretty pretty snazzy art for your banners, and I noticed the uh, "Are You Tempted" token with that um, was uh, Grim Dorables was the artist, I think. Yes. Um, yeah. So how did how did how did that come about? When did that partnership happen? Yeah. So scrolling right, scrolling through Instagram. Um, and then I just typed, you know, Warhammer art, 40k art, and then trying to find a style that is very much uh, unique, but also me, what I like. I'm still, I have four kids, so family oriented, um, but still grim dark. And Grim Dorables nailed it. That, like, that's his art style. Um, so I started with him, and, and we've been, I say we, I've been asking him. <laughs> to make art for for a long time now um for at least a year and a half now which is pretty awesome um he's a really good guy and um god he's just cranking it he's he's cranking them out and crushing it i, I love his work um recently i brought another artist on um so all of the sigmar all of the fantasy designs <laughs> you'll see <laughs> you'll see uh, some really really clever a little more detailed artwork um I, li- I like both of them they're both unique they both flow they mesh together um i just really like our artwork so now i'm trying to put it on everything stickers dice bags dice trays I don't know what as else soon as I, I saw the freshly baked dice one with the Baker Marines, I was like, I've got to have that sticker. <laughs> so that was the first thing I grabbed when I was at your booth at Nova. That's funny. That's my very first sticker. It's the best. Yeah. Like, I'm sorry that it's all downhill from there. <laughs> well, next time I uh, I put an order in, I'm going to have to get one of those Are You Tempted medallions because yeah. I, I do have a nice Hedonite army that's fully built and primed and just waiting for paint. So Yeah, heck yeah. You're going to have to get you some uh, some Temptress dice. Yeah, I have to get get my thematic stuff. What's what's your, your legally distinct Hedonite name on here, Stevie? Gluttony. 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 Good old Gluttony. Which is actually fun because uh, they they the new um, Slanesh models that they released with uh, Underworlds actually focus it on that a little bit more. There's there's actually like a fat uh, Slaneshi demon, which they don't really show very often. Yeah, he's like he's like on a chariot, right? 
Well, no, it's um, uh, well that that's one of the mortal guys, Glutos or whatever his name is. But he's he's like the mortal personification of it. So I, I do like that they're leaning more into that than just the uh, sex, drugs, and rock and roll side that they did in the eighties. <laughs> oh yeah, Andrew, you need to get the uh, gluttony gold inlay dice. Those are beautiful. I will have to uh, see about throwing up another order of them sometime in the near future. Then, well, you know, we'll have to do it with our whole gaming group because everybody wants in on these. Oh yeah, I everybody's know, always got something they need. Barfoot has been looking at the Space Wolf dice for almost as long as I've been looking for the tank ones. <laughs> the Space Wolf have gotten better and better. I keep toying with them, yeah. but I think I found, I think I found the winner with the with the Frost Wolf and then the Snow Wolf. It was, uh, it yeah, was I really, really like um, Snow Wolf is your traditional style, but I really like Frost Wolf mostly because if you also play Starks in uh, a Song of Ice and Fire miniatures game by Cool Minis or not, it'll work there perfect for that. There you go. That's that's. A really I get cool. lost just looking at all of the dice on this site. Like it's wild. There's a lot. It's yeah. It's very cathartic. Just like scrolling through just hundreds of designs of pretty dice. Are you enjoying the Halloween-themed website now? I I am, yes. That's so, good to hear. One of, the things, yeah, one of the things I did notice on your website is on a lot of the pictures with the dice and stuff, there's always just absolutely gorgeously painted armies with them. Are those actual like customers who have bought the dice? Or is it like people you know? Or is it kind of a combination of the two? It's a combination of both of those and a third where I'm scrolling or or my buddies just send me these wild images of these wild armies. And then I reach out to the artist and I say, hey, this is amazing. Can I send you 10 free dice and you grab five, six images and we can do a post together, right? And we can publish that on socials. And then I'll slap it in the art gallery or slap it in the, the product pictures. And there are some insane armies. Insane. Yeah, the the Tyranid one is the one that caught my eye because that is just gorgeous. Isn't it? Try oh um God. try Alpha Legion. Alpha Legion? Alright. Yeah. I think it's called Trefoil. Oh, I'm seeing the um just on the, the, the chaos page, the uh uh, Magnus the Red on that one, where he's he's a a little more colorful than he tends to be, and it looks really good. <laughs> that was Prospero paints the the Magnus. Oh, okay. God, those Alpha Legion are beautiful. Isn't that insane? Insane, insane. Yeah the 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 transition scheme. Uh-huh. Like I've always I've always thought that was crazy how well people can do that. Yes, it's all right. Tony, we have to we have to stop this whole conversation. How do you not own these cheese dice for your Skaven? <laughs> okay, because there weren't any at Nova. I looked specifically <laughs> for them, but you were out of them. Oh no, <laughs> that's that's the people Don't getting worry, the wine Andrew. and cheese dice. <laughs> All right, well we know to get Tony for his birthday. Yeah, right. No, uh, I was specifically looking for cheese blood bowl dice. If you did a set of blood bowl dice with a cheese logo on it, it's it's game over for my wallet. That is a good idea. That is because I'm I'm a dedicated Skaven player in all things, uh, even though I'm a terrible terrible player in Sigmar. Though oddly, I've become weird good at 40k out of the past six months, and I don't know what's happening. So that's kind of cool. 
Just the accidental anti-metalist. Yeah, seriously. Uh, you know what I think it is? I think it's the kick-ass tank dice I got from this uh, Baron guy who does dice. Have you heard of him, Andrew? He's pretty cool. Uh, it sounds familiar. Uh, so you've got other, pro- before we once again spiraled too far down the rabbit hole, you've got some other really cool stuff on there. Like I saw you've got uh, dice trays, you've got dice bags, you've got your stickers, and you've also got objective markers. What uh, When did that come about? I do, I do. Um, objective markers, fairly recently, I would say maybe eight months ago. It was, it was springtime. Um, and... There you go again. I just wanted objective markers for when I played. Um, and I, you know, I gave it a cursory glance online and trying to find them. And I just couldn't find, I found a lot of neoprene markers. And personally, I don't like the neoprene simply because when you put it on the, the mat, you put your terrain on it or your models and it's all cockeyed. It's, you know, it's an eighth of an inch up or three eighths of an inch up for the nice neoprene markers. So I just wanted some that you could slide right underneath. You could switch the mats. You could switch the, um, sorry, the, the game plan. Super easy, the battle plan. Um, so then we started I making never these. I never thought about that. Right? It's just, and then you just leave all your terrain scattered, and you can s- just super seamlessly switch between them all. So wow. these, I, I never even... I never even thought about having objective markers that were smaller because we always fuss about like wobbly models on the corner and stuff. I never thought about, oh, just get a thinner objective marker, Tony. Yep. Yep. So that's what I, Hmm. I try to be different and I try to be premium. I try to be, you know, what, what nobody else has. Um, That's kind of the whole goal for everything. And, um, and then we went with a poly, polypropylene resin. So they are, um, if you Google it, it's called like a living hinge. So uh, like hearts, artificial heart valves are, are made from that, but also ketchup bottles um, and like your car door huh. hinges. Um, so you can bend them and they'll come right back. So a living hinge is meant to bend and then go back to the shape that it's supposed to be, which is flat. So built for war gamers and four-year-old kids. <laughs> Perfect. It's, survive a nuclear war that's it. it's funny because yeah i didn't actually notice these on your site the first place i saw them uh one of the shops near us called level up games in duluth i saw these on the wall there and i was like i know that logo and they actually carry a couple of um a couple of just like different styles of your dice as well but yeah i saw i think it was the the bright blue ones i was like those are objective those are baron of dice objective markers when did that happen yeah and they're sigmar they're sigmar to start because that's my game um but they're also compatible with no no they're they're, they're fantasy fantasy. (laughs) that's it good catch you were on it what what is it out (laughs) we got your back thank you i I really like that you put the six inch circle in them though so they can be used for 40k as well yes just to just to double it up because if you're going to spend 35 bucks 40 bucks on objective markers then why not use them for both game systems right why why carry two sets yeah now i i am making um sci-fi objective markers as well so they are coming soon i hope like like they're they're almost done they'll be finished next week and i just need some photos and then we'll uh we're gonna go crazy 
Well, when Tony inevitably breaks down and buys those, we're going to uh, throw a couple of these <laughs> goblin stickers on here as well. I'm, I'm looking through your other stuff that I, 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 I guess you had at your booth at Nova and I just missed. I, I If there was a get sticker, I would have purchased that, that immediately. Wasn't, that wasn't there. <laughs> I, I, I had to Oh, okay. Yeah, That's I why I didn't get it. Stickers. Um, originally in Virginia, but now we're in North Carolina. Um, uh, what's he called? Harp, Harpler? His name's Josh. Uh, he's in North Carolina. And, um, okay. Man, he turns around those stickers super quick. Um, let me get this. I got something to show you. Oh. You play Skaven, right? I do. I am I am the raddest of mans. I'm hoping he just shows up with a rat. Just like a giant <laughs> I got this guy when I was in New York. Oh, for, yeah, for, for for listeners, we have we have a, a a video recording. He's he's got it up on his laptop, and we just see him go off into what's, the warehouse. Coming back with, oh, those are those are something big and round. Oh, it's oh, dude, that dice oh, tray is dice tray. awesome. So like these oh, I gotta, were. I gotta make this picture bigger. These were not at Nova. No, they were not, or I would have one. <laughs> these are new. <laughs> these are um. These are actually on the website now, but it's a recent thing. Um, nice. Yeah, I think uh, I think I like your cheese blood bowl idea. Yeah, it's a good one. <laughs> uh, what are the? What is that one called? It's the Health and Abomination. My my cheese. Oh, it's called my my cheese. Yeah. My my cheese. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's beautiful. <laughs> Yeah, it's it's a hell pit abomination with a screaming bell on the back and a gracier on it, just like hoarding the cheese dice. And I am I am here for it. Uh huh. And there's it one pretty one perfect. little rat who's trying to take a cheese die, and the hell pit's just breathing <laughs> that fire on him. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god, it's beautiful. That is absolutely beautiful. Yeah, uh, I also noticed another thing on your website that you didn't have at Nova. Uh, soap? That was... I I did. That's I not did. something I expected. You did have them at Nova? I did, but they Wait, sold. Did, they they were gone. You, you're telling me nerds bought soap that quick. They, they I only brought two of each flavor. I have three flavors. Okay. And uh, six bars of soap went the first day. And I was like, all right, well, I guess I should have brought more soap. <laughs> <laughs> I I just love the juxtaposition with the the Nurgle themed soap, soap here. <laughs> the grandfather's blessing soap. I guess that is kind of like when GW released the uh, the, the Nurgle, Nurgle scented candle. candle. <laughs> oh, did they release? I mean, the candle? Uh, it, wonderful. Yeah, there was a nur- there was a candle for each of the gods, and I can't imagine any of them but Zinch smelled good. <laughs> I feel like the corn one probably just smelled like pennies, just blood and pennies. Uh, the Nurgle went awful, and I I feel like the Slanesh one probably didn't smell great either. Does a brothel ever smell good? <laughs> I guess it depends on what you're into. <laughs> what are what are the scents of these three soaps you've got here? Yeah, that's a good one. So, um, Slanesh, not Slanesh. Uh, what do we call that? Exotic Escape. There you go. Exotic escape. Um, that one we went like Caribbean, right? If I'm thinking an escape like okay. to this to this island, I want rum. I want a lot of rum. I want salt and I want like um, almost like a musky, but like manly-ish. You know what I mean? So it's not just like you're in yeah. this little uh, 
luscious paradise. You're in this, like, rum-covered, salt-soaked island that you can't leave. So, living the dream <laughs> if I was a little less pasty and Irish. Yes, yes. So we put actual salt pieces in it, little sea salt pieces. Oh, okay, so it's exfoliating. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, so that one, that one turned out great. Um, the bloody one, the warp essence, is, I think we use star fruit and charcoal. Um, so mm-hmm. it's like this bloody red with this deep, deep black charcoal. Um, and they swirl together. It's like this. It, it looks really good. The the warp essence looks really, really good. Um, it's that uh, that dangerous kind of soap where you kind of want to take a bite. Yeah, yeah, a little bit. Like watermelon. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah. listeners, if you're going to eat one of the products, soap, it, soap is probably safer than the dice I said earlier. So, you know, with that information, what you will. That is true. What do I? What did I do with the... Nurgle. The Nurgle smells the best. It's full of um, it's full of poppy seeds. Like, cause we wanted, we wanted like bacterial, like virus, right? So it's a cedar kind of poppy seed smell. Um, it sounds great. It's it's really good. It's so all of them are made in Texas. All of them are vegan, and all of them like actually clean your body, which is the craziest, weirdest thing. Um. I had a guy reach out because he won the soap as a, like a last place, like go clean yourself up at a tournament. And, um, and he, he wanted to wash with it like all the time. So he bought 12 bars of soap. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> he set for a while. So it'll be good for, you know, at least a few months. I would. You're going to get the weirdest, most like eclectic order from our group. It's going to be like soap and <laughs> dice trays and stickers and maybe some dice on there, I guess. But like all the weird periphery things. All right. A couple of temptation tokens. <laughs> yep. I hear you. The, the temptation tokens, uh, are they metal or are they acrylic? Yeah, they're metal. They're, um, they're our they're first, okay. yeah, first and only token. Um, so it's like a... I'm very, very new with the token realm. So it says, have you been tempted? And then you flip it over, you've been tempted. Um, and ideally, right, what I had it for was the new um, Slaneshi rules where you could tempt them six times a game. Or six, it's six so much times fun. A round, and then you just offer them a token. Be like, are you tempted? And then they can, and then you could track it and they know and it's kind of fun. Um Having played it a little bit, it's a it's a super fun mechanic. I I am so happy they introduced that. Yeah, it involves both players, and you can do it whenever you want. That's the fun part. Yeah, I really love mechanics in games that actually you know have interaction with both players. It's it's nice. Well, it, and feels thematic for the army that you're playing too. And it was really funny because my first game with him was against Corn. So uh, it was he he went into it at him, and he's like, "I'm not taking a I'm not taking a single damn temptation dice." And I got him in the last round when he really needed it. <laughs> oh, yes, got him. We played the long. It was perfect. Game. Wish I had the token. So um, what with with like the tokens, the soap, everything, it, you're really expanding here. Is there any like uh, pie in the sky, like gamer gear, or anything you want to really go into, or uh, you just pretty happy with your current collection? I mean, I'm always happy, but I'm always striving to do more, to do better. Um, so like that's I've had a lot of people ask, hey, do you going to make some 40k? 
uh, compatible objective markers. And I was like, I mean, I guess if, like if you guys want it, then I'll make it. Um, so the next ones, I'm really going to try and take photos next week, um, possibly even this week. But there's going to be seven different designs, um, all different wow. colors, all just really, really cool. I kind of spent a lot of time on those, probably more than I should have. Um, but I'm excited about them, so so it is what it is. Uh, so it'll be a rim of of X, right? So I've got like red with a couple Maltese crosses. I've got dark blue with a white, um, definitely not Aquila. Um, I've got a plain... <laughs> eagle, just an eagle. Yeah, just an eagle, sort of. Um, a Roman standard topper. <laughs> yes. So I'm excited about those. Um, I've also looked into a really big ass dice bag. So my dice bags are great. They hold a hundred dice easy. Yeah. Um, they're suede on the inside, like feels like a baby's butt. The outside is like this durable velvet, all custom made, custom side. They're fantastic. Um, but I have had two people now reach out because they have this like seven bag dice bag to keep all the dice designs separate but in one giant ass bag and we're talking popcorn tin sort of yeah yeah it's it's like a honeycomb and um yeah i really want to look into that except i want to do it with my material because i know my material is i can't get anything better like it's it's that level of premium um so that would be really, really cool to look into, you know? And I, and I wouldn't be able to customize it with um, the symbols and the logos, you know, the My My Cheese, because it, it's not built like that. It's not a flat bag. Um, yeah. But, man, that would be really so cool just, have to have a, just to offer. You'd have to have a dedicated cheese pocket, obviously. Right, yeah. a yellow, <laughs> one yellow one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I like that. I don't know, That's I think uh, since, since you've got the, yeah. I think since you've got the uh, the really nice tins, why not just go whole hog and do like a um, little ammo can style thing the tins slot down in? I see. That would be awesome. That would actually be really awesome. Then you could reward the people for buying. Uh, yeah. Reward the people for buying individual dice sets, and that way they can carry them all in one nice little carrying case kind of yeah. thing. Yeah. You know what? That reminds me of. Um... There's a new a new case company. Um, they're based in Australia. I believe they're called Mechi Cases. Um, you got to double check me on that. And I met with the owner of them a while ago before Nova, and we talked about that. We talked about swapping samples and them building a case dedicated for Baron tins. And you just jogged that memory. Hmm. So that would be so that would be the manufacturer. That would be super cool. Because, like, I've got... I've only got two of your normal sets, but, you know, I gotta, I gotta get my cheese dice from a Skaven. Uh, I need to get your lion dice from my Lannisters for Song of Ice and Fire Miniatures game by Cool Minis or not. That's our joke. We have to say the name oh, the yeah, whole yeah. way through every you time. You have to say the entire <laughs> name of it. it. It became a running joke with us. Because a lot of people shorten it to, to a Soyaf or Soy or something like that, just doing the acronym, and we're like, no, dedicate to the bit. <laughs> 
Well, how's the uh, the the dice market treating your gaming time? Do you get a lot of time to yeah. hobby these days, or are you just busy making orders? Yeah, it's it's a lot of orders. Um, it's a lot of orders. Not gonna lie, it's probably it's every day. It's all day, um, which is totally fine. It's what I signed well, up. Good for. problem to have. Yeah, it's it's what I signed up for. It's what I was looking. We did it, right? We're we're doing it. We're building it. It's there. We're getting the traction. Um, I try once a month to get a good game in. It happens sometimes. Sometimes it doesn't. Um, four kids. Four kids take up a lot of time. Yeah. Yeah, I imagine that would take up more time than the business. Jeez. Yes, yes they do. <laughs> yeah, one, three, four, and 13. Oh, yeah. All very calm, quiet ages where they don't do anything, right? Oh, yes. <laughs> oh, yes. Yeah, they, uh. Do you, uh, do you do tabletop simulator at all, or do you prefer your games in person? I like person. I like in person. Good. A hundred percent. Drink a oh, beer same. and roll some dice. Like, Yeah, my man. As is tradition. Uh, still mostly going for uh, Age of Sigmar if you're going to get a time to play, or are you just kind of whatever the, the, the mood grabs you? you yeah, I've, I've expanded the Sigmar collection. So we've got, well, the Bone Daddies, they're going to stay forever because I love them. Um, and then I have Deepkin and Nurgle. I love my Nargo army. Um, we did it like a frostbite theme. It's super cool. Oh, that's Ooh. cool. Um, did you get that awesome new? Uh, uh, oh God, what was it? The the green oh, stuff. Man, world the stuff. guy on the no, the guy on the horse that that, that just released. Oh, I can't remember his name oh, right yes, now. The, um, oh God, what is he? Oh the my Dutatian God, Lord. he's not a uh, herald. Oh, he... oh. all of our up. brains simultaneously melted. <laughs> Why do we all just blank on his name? It's perfect. He's got it's, the little, it's one of the it's, coolest models. Yeah, he's got the little it's sign great, yeah. on the back. Yeah. Yeah, because it's it's a really awesome old fantasy model that they updated. Yeah. He's like the the Herald of Contagion or something like that. Hang on, I'm almost there. Almost there. So yes, I do. I do <laughs> have one of him, and I put. Well, I didn't put it. The artist did. He put um, Bel Air on the sign Har- with the little arrow. That's where I live, Bel Air. Nice. Nice. <laughs> Harbinger of Decay. Harbinger of Decay. I was close with Herald of Plague. That's the that's similar the- to but legally distinct name of. <laughs> well, that's that's all the, the Nurgle naming conventions. It's that sort of, sort of jazz. So. Nothing beats the Taco Bell naming convention of orcs. Oh, God. Boom, Daka, Schnaz, Wagon, all that fun stuff. Yeah, and then you also have the Snaz, Boomy, Daka, Wagon. Yeah, just as applicable. <laughs> they are funny. Oh, we have um, our what moments. Else do I have? Oh, I have Flesh Eater Quartz and um, and a little bit of a Slaves to Darkness army. I went all cavalry. I have 15 knights. No, I have 25. Nice. Oh, that's about... Uh, I have a pretty sizable Slaves to Darkness army right beside me. It's about half of it is knights. Okay. Yeah, yeah knights if, if just you look cool. Seen, uh... If you haven't seen the paint schemes that Andrew does on stuff, it is wild. His flaming bellicor is something else. Oh yeah, my my whole shtick was um I based them all in lava, so like they're all like you know standing like uh, bits of rock from like this lava landscape, and then all the demons in the army are look like they may they're made out of lava. That's incredible. Yeah, for a guy who can't see red and green, he paints an awful lot of red and green really (laughs) nicely. Yeah, don't Bullshit. don't get colorblind. It's not fun. Oh, God. I don't know, man. I would trade my color, color seeingness to paint as well as you. I don't know what that would be called. Color vision. 
Use use your words. I don't no man. That's nine fifty seven at night. I'm tired. Turn into a pumpkin. Oh man. Um, who else? So do you do you do forty k at all, or do you just do Sigmar? I am getting into forty k. I have, uh, well, my painters have started a Death Watch Army because okay, they look awesome. Um, we are doing a reverse color scheme though. So normally Death Watch black with like a pauldron of X chapter. So we are going to do chapter and then one arm, right? A Death Watch pauldron and one silver black arm nice. on all the models. That'll look cool. That'll have a really Bretonian look on the table too, and I like that. Yes, and then I'll be able to get pictures of all the not related dice next to them. And they, oh, will there look, you go. they will look really, really cool. Oh, and you could just slide a dice off the line for each one of your guys so you can roll the squad. <laughs> yes. Uh, I always wanted to do, like, the last wall. You know what I mean? Like, the yeah that thematic type thing. So now I can really do that. Smorgasbord of dice and just, like, go That's super cool. Yeah. Oh, man. That sounds awesome. I can't wait to see those. I'm excited. Oh, yeah. Oh, so, uh, oh, go ahead, oh, Andrew. God. No, you go ahead, Tony. No, I went ahead last time we did this. Now it's your turn to go ahead, Andrew. Fine. Uh, talking about Bretonians and your previous love for Tomb Kings, uh, Old World, you getting into it or uh, making dice sets for it? So I, I, uh, I saw during that Warhammer Fest that GW thinks that they can release a Baron of the Bretonia army. So I I feel like I need to to grab that Baron model, and and really show him who the real Baron is. I feel like uh, we're we're gonna need to get two of them because Tony has been called the Sandwich Baron before for his partic- <laughs> yes. particular job, yes. and you're the Dice Baron, and we have to convert them so one has a Sando and one has a, a handful of dice. Yes. Or like a flail where the heads are dice. And like oh, they put, I like that. Yeah, they put the th- weird things on their helmets. It's like. A church, a, be a, a sandwich. <laughs> I'll have to get a second set of, um, oh, what is the Hobbit? The fucking half thing with the sandwich. Half-ling. Oh, uh, Puggy Bacon Breath? Puggy ba- I'll have to get a second Puggy Bacon Breath, or just cast the sandwich and put that on the helmet of my, uh, my Baron. <laughs> Perfect. Wonderful. Uh, I really need to paint those whole interview was worth it just for this moment it's it's all about the bits oh man all right tony your turn okay so you talked about you initially went to chessex for custom dice and now the whole table is turned and you do custom dice so can you explain a little bit about like about that one like how does somebody go about it what can they put on the dice have you ever gotten dice where you're like i'm not fucking putting that on a dice for you you're a monster Like, do you have any dice horror stories when it comes to people wanting custom dice? Nothing horror yet, which is great. All right, we get to be the first, Andrew. (laughs) Let's keep it that way. (laughs) Um, So I really, like, that's why I got into the game, right? That's why I got into the dice game, is I just wanted dice to match my army. And now you can do it. Now there are no limitations. The only limitation is the quantity. So you, you do need to buy 500 of them. Uh, right. You're talking starting at 425 uh, plus shipping, and then you can add all these effects for 475 plus shipping. And 
there are almost no rules. Um, any color on the color spectrum, swirled with any other color, inlaid with any color, round corner, square corner. You can do numerals. You can do pips. You can do 16 mil, 12 mil. You can do translucent. You can do a matte finish. You can do pearlescent finish. There are no rules, right? Um, just don't give me a copyright yeah, symbol. <laughs> I guess that's the only rule because I can't say no, no rules. <laughs> I was really blown away because usually when you look at custom dice things, it is you can select between these colors and these colors. <laughs> and the fact that like you can literally pull up and just it, it, it's any color imaginable you can put on there just was crazy to me. Yep. Yep. I I play with this custom dice thing way more than I should. <laughs> it's kind of fun. <laughs> it, it's a really cool. It is. That took a long time to implement. Um, but we, we finally got that up and running and uh, it's been awesome. The amount of custom dice we're doing now just is mind boggling. It really is. There's almost a custom dice order to a week, which is crazy. Wow. Yeah, that's a lot. What? What's the turnaround on something like that? So it's still about 10 weeks. Um, 10 oh, to 12. Okay. Uh, sometimes I can finish them in 8 weeks. Because um, they're all swirled to your colors, right? I'm not picking out of a stock or a catalog or anything. They're they're what you pick. Which is, which is neat, but it does come with a, a timetable. You can even change the size of the icon on it. That's crazy. Yeah, you can. You can do anything you want. It's crazy. If I hit this chat thing in the corner, is it you I'm talking with? Yep. I'll get it right on my phone. <laughs> really? Yeah. Yeah. If you type That's something That's crazy. I'll... I was saying it as a joke. Nope. If you type it, I'll um I'll let you know what you say. Don't don't give me that kind of Oh, I have to I have to actually like uh, like sign up for it. Oh, you have ah, to sign okay. in. No, yes. we got to I've got to I've got to commit to the bit. Hold on. That's a accountability for your goof. Yeah, it'll yeah. make you log yeah. into your account. Because that way, when I wake up and everybody's messaged me overnight, I can at least email them back. <laughs> or block them if they sent you something stupid. Or block them. Yes. <laughs> right. I sent a message. Oh, riveting radio. Got Tony li signing up for Baron of Dice live <laughs> on air. <laughs> A Song of Ice and Fire miniatures game by Cool Minis or not. That's wild. Hey. The fact that that goes directly to you is crazy. I honestly I assumed those. it was going to be one of those like AI bot redirects you to frequently asked questions sort of things. Nope. Right to me. It's crazy. That is awesome. Awesome service right there. Commitment to the job. Yeah, That's seriously. That's it. Oh, man. So, Andrew, do you have uh, you have any other questions? I think I've knocked out all of the all of the main ones I had to ask. Stevie, you have oh. any questions for us or anything? Or your promo code? Oh, yes. oh yeah, yeah. So Stevie, being the coolest person that he is, has actually offered a promo code for our listeners, uh, and it is icy dice. I c y d i c e. And you'll just enter that, I'm assuming, at the cart where it asks for promo. Yep, yep, right on the checkout page. You'll get 5% off, no max, no minimum, just 5% on anything. Um, and that'll That's be awesome. there. That'll be there for a long time. 
Cool. Uh, so you're cool awesome. if we splash that onto our future episodes as well, try and drag drag some more visitors over to you kicking and screaming? Yeah, heck yeah. Bring a ball in. <laughs> All right, man. Yeah, so there is one question we like to ask all of our people that we have on here. Okay. What is the biggest or dumbest mistake you've made in this hobby? Uh, well, I made dice for Comics Keep, and I misspelled comic. Uh, oh. Oh. <laughs> so that was that was a whole lot of fun. Um, so those are collector's items now. I actually turned it into a good thing. So I donated them to Sanctuary Homestead. Uh, they're based in Illinois, and their whole spiel is. Let's bring kids and families together with board games and dice, and uh, and they were able to use them. The old That's comic, awesome. comic keep, yeah, comic keep dice, and um, so that was really cool. That was that was my biggest uh, mess up that I hope I'll ever have. Fair <laughs> yeah. enough, man. Hey, at least something good came out of that one. It did. It did. I was happy that they weren't just sitting here. Because they were just sitting there, man. They were just stacked up. I got to look at them every day. And I'm like, you oh. idiot, what did you do? And <laughs> yeah, did you keep one going. just for the motivation? Pretty much, yeah. That was my doorstop <laughs> for a while. <laughs> uh, that's fantastic. Uh, well, uh, so we ran into you and met you at Nova. Do you hit other conventions as well? Do you hit like Adepticon or any of the GW Opens or anything? I do. Um, Adepticon is a big one. Um, so I've only started traveling really this year. Um, and what I have done was I did Summer Slaughter in PA because um, I'm based in Maryland. Uh, Nova, Adepticon. That was a Chicago. was about a 15-hour drive. Um I just rented a box truck from Home Depot and did the drive. Um, that was crazy. It was an absolute crazy time. And Everwinter. Yeah. And then Everwinter uh, in Boston. Those are um, All right. those are the ones I've been to before. LVO I'm going to try and do this year. Uh, well, I guess oh, it's next geez. year. That's going to be a drive. I'm going to fly. That one we're flying. Okay. I was about to say, that's, that's worth paying somebody else to do the driving. Yes. <laughs> yeah, I need to figure out how I'm going to get a pallet or two of dice. I just, I need to condense. Um, and then Captain Con in 2024. That's, uh, that one's in Rhode Island. Okay. So a little closer to you. Yeah. Um, it, it probably won't be me at Captain Con. I might have to bring on somebody. That's our anniversary. Oh, wow. Uh, weekend oh ooh, yeah yeah i should have i should have looked at that before i said yes bring her with it'll be a great time <laughs> i would i would but rhode island in february has got to be very cold yeah i bet oh uh, man so uh, when we finally get uh us a convention going down here in the uh atlanta area that's not dragon con you uh you gonna take the trip down here and hang out with us idiots yeah, I could do that. That sounds like a whole lot better of a drive than 15 hours to Chicago. Oh, uh, let's see, from Baltimore or from Bel Air, Maryland? It's still quite a drive. Is it? Nine hours? Well, well we were we were about nine and a half from D.C. Oh, wow. 
That's an hour, about an hour and a half north. So you're 11 hours. Better yeah, than 15? Yeah, we're, we're 11 hours. That's a whole lot. That's true. Although if you, wanted, <laughs> if you wanted to deal with the hassle, you absolutely would clean up a Dragon Con, though. That is oh, a, God, a yeah. hefty convention with a lot of foot traffic. But oh, that's yeah. a that's a hectic weekend. <laughs> Isn't it the same as a But it's also the same weekend as Nova. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's the problem. Yeah, it's, a, it's, it's, it's Labor Day. We all used to go to Dragon Con, but Nova's way more our speed. There's also not like, you know, 60,000 people at it. Yeah, no, it's it's a monstrous Dragon convention Con these is days. Sixty thousand people. Yeah, oh, it's, it's it actually huge. might be more than that. <laughs> what? And it's also the first weekend that like NFL season properly kicks off again, so there's people in town for that too. I love my Ravens. Yeah, it's it's bonkers. Twenty twenty three was a down year, and they had seventy three thousand people. Holy shit! Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, it it fills up five host hotels yeah that's insane it's it's an entire block of downtown atlanta that gets taken over it's something else dude that's crazy i I hope to do one of those one day like like a gen con type thing where it's just fifty thousand people madness just to see what it's like i I I might hate it if you did gen con or dragon con that's when you would want more of your polyhedral dice Yes, definitely. Because that's, that's definitely more of that style. You will absolutely sell out of those there. Wow. Okay. Okay. Make a bunch of D&D little, dice. Little I like it. Business advice yeah. from your Dice Like Ice friends. <laughs> huh? Yeah, if you look at pictures from Dragon Con, you'll just look at it and go like, what the fuck? Because it's, gonna... it's crazy. Why do they do the same weekend as Nova? Uh, they started before Nova. <laughs> yeah, uh, Dragon Con started in the early '90s. There, I think it's like the 35th anniversary this upcoming year, or something like that. Okay, I think Nova's at 30 or so, so that makes sense. Maybe, yeah. maybe 25. Um, yeah, def- definitely less. So, yeah, oh, why did Nova Dragon choose Labor Day? 1987. <laughs> oh man. Yeah. Yeah, that's awesome. So it's it's been around. I need to look. I only had 4,300 people the first year. Wow. In 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 1987? In 1987. That was when it was like an actual comic convention. In 1987, (laughs) it had more than Nova did this year. Yeah, I was going to say, isn't that what Nova had? Yeah, so if you want to you want to divide and conquer, you can send uh, the bulk of the dice to Atlanta and then have your nice little, you know, lemonade stand at Nova. Oh, it's like cosplay. Yeah. Right. Yeah. No, it's it's it's, it's, it's everything. Oh wow! On their splash page for Dragon Con for 2024 is a fucking plague marine. Is a dude in a hey. plague marine costume. That's cool. I need to check that out real quick. Yeah. DragonCon.org. Yeah, Andrew dressed up as a tech priest uh, for Dragon Con a couple of times. I did. Uh, I think I have pictures of that on my Instagram. Maybe not. My post one then. DragonCon vendor calls, just out of curiosity. Um, it was like fifteen hundred when I did it a few years ago. You did a vendor booth. Yeah. What the fuck did you sell? I just sold like craft shit, like necklaces and stuff. I also did resin pork, but uh, nowhere near uh, the level of quality of our friendly Baron. So. Yeah. Uh, end cap booths are an eight foot long table, a sign, two chairs, two badges, and a waste basket. 
are nineteen hundred and fifty bucks. Holy! Oh, that's end cap. You could do interior. Yeah, that's yeah. end cap. Interior. Yeah, you can do mid table. But the thing about the interior tables is, it, it like that vendor hall is packed, like packed, packed. But when it gets packed, people are they get traffic jammed by the table and end up looking at the dice for twenty minutes. And go, true. you know, maybe I'll get some while I'm uh, here. <laughs> you you would be competing with Chessex there because they do run a massive booth there every year. Do they? They do. You should do a booth right next to him, and me and Andrew will work it with you. <laughs> we'll just we'll just be your dice carnival barkers. I love that. <laughs> but that's only if Nova, for some weird reason, has to change its weekend. Yeah, that's the problem. The, the the weekends don't line up. Yeah. Oh, all right, man. But Steve, before we take too much of your time, man, thank you again for having an interview with us, dude. This was awesome. You're a super cool guy, and it was fun chatting with you and learning about your business. Yeah, absolutely, guys. This has been a good time. Yes, sir. Well, you know, uh, if nothing else, we will catch you at Next Nova and be on the lookout for an order from me and Andrew and probably a couple more folks in our gaming group in the coming weeks. That sounds fantastic. All right, bud. Well, thank you again and have a good night, man. All right, guys. All right, guys. Well, thanks for listening on that bit. Uh, like we said, hope the audio wasn't too bad on it. And remember, the promo code for the 5% discount on his site is icy dice i-c-y-d-i-c-e also make sure you check him out on instagram at baron of dice cool stuff on there and if you are one of the people who has some of his dice take really good quality pictures of his dice next to your models kick him over to him maybe he'll use them on some of his stuff Mm, might have to do that with my gets dice that i got yeah andrew yeah i still need to do that because i haven't and forgot about it because we recorded that like a week ago uh we recorded that yeah like a week ago jesus christ okay time flies when you're making sandos dude time flies when you've had a week like mine Oh, all right, everybody. But uh, Andrew, you got any advice you want to leave us on? Uh, well, let's see. I guess it is fall now, so uh, you know it's time. It, it is. It's time to do some fun home maintenance stuff because apparently that's what we talk about at the end of these episodes. Now, uh, good good time to clean the gutters. It's it's going to become the rainy season soon, so you want to make sure to get those leaves out. You know, got fresh leaves falling from uh, you know it being fall and such, and you don't want a nice flood around the foundations of your home. So. Also a good time while you're up there, inspect your fireplace if you got one, because you don't want to burn your goddamn house down whenever it actually gets properly cold. Yeah, actually both very, very good pieces of advice. Definitely get your chimney maintained. Uh, But on the gutters thing, definitely scoop out your gutters, because it's not just going to flood around the foundation of your house. That water's going to get up, and if you've got shingles or things like that, it's going to get up under those. It's going to rot the wood, and it's a lot cheaper to climb up on a ladder or hire somebody to climb up on a ladder and scoop your gutters than it is to replace your entire fucking roof. Bare minimum, you're preventing mold, and that's nice too. Exactly. And, you know, you're also making it where when you walk out your front door, you don't just have sheets of water pouring on you because it's going down the gutter where it belongs. There you go. Uh, All right, everybody. Well, you heard it here first. Clean your gutters, maintain your chimney. Yeah, we're a hobby (laughs) podcast. Hey, Home maintenance is a hobby, Andrew. That's true. (laughs) 
Uh, all right. Uh, oh, uh, real quick. Do you want to splash any of our social stuff? Ah, social stuff. The things. Yeah. We'll uh, check us out on our Instagram, uh, Dice Like Ice Podcast. Uh, we also have a Facebook that we don't check because it's a hell site and getting worse every day. Hey, I, I remembered to post about the last episode two weeks after it came out. I sure didn't. I should do that on our Instagram. Uh, we also have a Twitter, which is even worse, which we super don't check. Um, if you really want to get in contact with us, uh, hit us up on Dice Like Ice Podcast at gmail.com that goes straight to us tony gets a ping on his phone whenever it goes off so you will i do you will know and that sometimes i read them. i was gonna say you will know that somebody at least ignored you so you know there is that personal touch um also relatively uh on the instagrams so you know if you send us an email or a message through that we'll maybe get to it at some point we're around uh but more importantly if you really like us rambling into the microphone for like an hour or something we have a patreon you can give us some money one day we'll actually post something on that patreon <laughs> uh, the patreon does give you access to our discord so there's that uh, you can hang out with our gaming group on there. We do weekly hobby hangouts on Tuesday nights, 8 p.m.-ish Eastern. Every now and again. So those uh, are always a, a really good time. Every now and again, we have a random Saturday night hobby hangout if people are just around. You mm -hmm. know, so it's just whatever the vibes are if people are working on stuff. Got a good hobby progress section to show off your pictures, and people can upvote that and make you feel good about yourself. Get those little serotonin boosts. So, yeah. Yeah. Speaking of that, uh, Andrew, you're, you've got your personal Instagram at the Brush Goblin. And Tony. And I've got. Oh, you're going to do mine? Right. I was going to do yours. Oh, we're no. we're going to do tip for tat by, here. By all means. There we go. Uh, okay. You're the mediocre miniatures painter on the Instagram. Uh, mediocre minis painter. Oh, my, my apologies. I, I added too many letters. Wow, Andrew. Wow. Uh, I think because the mediocre miniatures painter didn't fit. Ah, that makes sense. Yeah, and it's underscores in between all mine. The underscore mediocre underscore minis underscore painter. None with mine, but we do have underscores on the podcast, so just to be a little extra confusing. Yes. Uh, you know, like we said, Gmail is the definite way to get the in way touch, to get with, in touch with us. Uh, all right, everybody. Thank you all for listening, and have a great night. And goodbye. Dice like guys must be nice to play some games with your friends. Necromunda makes you wonder how friendships end. So flip that table if you're able and consult your charts and graphs. <laughs> so let's have some fun and get it done. Or you can kiss my ass. Thank you once again for listening. You can always contact us at DiceLikeIcePodcast at gmail.com or find us on our Facebook or Instagram, also under DiceLikeIcePodcast. We would also like to give a big shout out to William James for our outro music and Scarlet Saturn for letting us use their music at the intro to our show.
You're still here? It's over. Go home. Go.